Hello, this is Grace Hayes, and you're listening to Up in the Mix. Welcome to another edition of Up in the Mix, coming to you hot from your honeycomb hideout. This is Sean, a.k.a. The Truth, a.k.a. The Super Nicest, a.k.a. The Narmist R, a.k.a. Not the Black Dude You Thought I Was. This is Caesar, a.k.a. De La Foda, favorite neighborhood Mas- Mexican Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local, also the Bobby with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? Alone of the Hanta, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the fucking baby whisperer, tracksuit poppy, and Judge Dredd. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Dredd, is that just a new one that just was born? Yeah, like actually like five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, how how was your week, Caesar? A super busy working overtime at the nine to five and you know, just just working hard, you know, trying to get the house. You know, we put an offer in on a house and just trying to make these these dad moves, you know, family moves and it's expensive out on the streets. Yeah, that's crazy. Twelve hours. So what time do you start? Six to six. Oof. Mm-hmm. And you have Leia by yourself that whole time? Six to six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's, just, it's, it, it's a long day, but with Leia, it helps go by fast. Because I'm not watching TV anymore, you know? Like, um, on the side, I'm not, you know, just focusing on work and the baby makes sure she doesn't kill herself. <laughs> you know? Goals. Goals, you know? We have fun. We play all the time. You know, father-daughter time all day. We play, we eat, we eat a lot, <laughs> and then uh, we just hang out. Nice, and it's just it's just awesome. So yeah, how was how was your week? Well, first of all, you want to how does Judge Dread factor into this? Oh, because I am the law at the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm judge, jury, and executioner <laughs> at the house, but she listens to dad, which is tight, you know. I am the law. Yeah, uh, an example when we were when we were looking at houses. Like, she was getting all wild in the house. I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. And she just looked at me and then walked out the door. <laughs> and the real estate lady, you know, salute to you, Vanessa. Uh, she was like, man, she listens to dad. And I'm like, she better. <laughs> you know? Because when... when, when there will she, come a time when she, when she will not. <laughs> yeah, this is, the, this is the time that it's going to ha- Like, I'm enjoying because she does. You know? <laughs> and there will be a time where she doesn't uh, listen to me and boys will come into play and then i will get all my gray hairs by then <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> sounds like a long week yeah how was your week uh my week was my week was crazy there was so much going on um last weekend we had a bunch of stuff going on getting you know things are opening up going back out with friends meeting like so much so many things are happening and it's all happening at once like we were talking earlier Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm part of this new network of teachers and educators in Nevada called the Nevada Adolescent Literacy Network that we're trying to get up off the ground. Uh, so we had a meeting for that on Monday, uh, just setting the ground rules, how we're going to expand. It's cool because it's like different people. Some work for the you know, uh, the education department, a couple people at UNR, and then like some teachers around the state. I think there's like five or six of us that are trying to start this uh, network to you know improve 
adolescent uh, literacy rates and just get kids more involved in reading because it's so important and try and support educators in teaching it. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I always say this, that you're helping to form the youth because <laughs> it's just like you know so much, your history, and you're an activist in the community. And like that's something that these kids, you know, will look up to. And and from the stories you say, how like kids that you've taught in middle school, they still go visit you and now you see them out and about. And like you're just a positive influence in this community. I'm happy you're molding these, you know, malleable minds out there. Well, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. <laughs> Do using your powers for good, not evil. Sean. I am using my powers for good, yeah. not evil, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much good it's doing. Because there's uh... <laughs> too much evil out there in the streets. But uh, speaking, you know, uh, also speaking of good, yeah. Speaking of good, Holland Project's trying to make some moves, some big moves to secure our future and make sure it's sustainable long term. Uh, I don't want to say anything about it because nothing's official, but hopefully there'll be an announcement soon, and it affects some other local organizations we work with. So uh, hopefully everything works out with that. So we had a meeting about that. Uh, had some training this week on home visits, like bridge visits, where we like meet with the kids via Zoom, like at their home with their parents and, and talk about non-school related things. Um, I don't know. I had some other meeting. Oh, Spoken Views. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, we met up at the Potentialist first in-person meeting in over a year. So it was good to see everyone. Pan, Ian, Josue, Elisa, the Slam Queen. Uh, Pan, the po- Reno's current Poet Laureate. Yes. Griffin, who's applying to be the next Poet Laureate. So... It was good to see all those friendly faces and kind of, because, you know, a bunch of us are teachers, kind of just shoot this shit about teaching. And then I had an interview for a job up at UNR, uh, teaching, ironically, a class (laughs) on podcasting uh, to Upward Bound over the summer. So we'll see. Hopefully I get it. I mean, I doubt, look. This is a, this is not even a humble brag. It's like, a straight this hard is straight hard ass licks. I don't need the job one, but two. <laughs> like I, there can't be anyone more qualified than me. Like I've spent like 15 years working at Title One schools, which is their target demographic. I've worked with Upward Bound in the past. I already worked with them doing, you know, a, a poetry workshop this year, and I have developed and <laughs> worked on a podcast for three so years. I, for three years, yeah. and know every single aspect of it that I could teach them. So. I don't see how there could any, be anyone better, but if they find one, you know, salutes to them. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> your resume is pretty pretty tough. I know. I was pretty like, tough to I'm mean. Like, I'm not normally, like, very, like, confident in interviews, but this one I give no fucks. <laughs> like, just going to go in there and destroy it and be like, whatever. So it went well. Um, we'll yeah. see nice. if if they're smart enough to hire me. Know your worth, people. Exactly. Some of you yeah. might think I'm being cocky, but fuck that. <laughs> they better fucking hire me if they know it's good. I'm about to do a good-ass job. Exactly. But, you know, we have a very special guest today, Sean. Yeah, speaking of keeping this week busy, part of the reason we're busy is we're preparing mm-hmm. to uh, uh, to host an event, do an event with our guest today, Tristan, who works for Fumir. Is that how you say it? Fumir, yeah. Fumir. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's French, so I'm doing my best to. Fumir. <laughs> Fumar. As far as we Fumar. know, Fumir. It's French to smoke. All right. Oh, something. that makes sense. Yeah. Like fumar in, in Espanol. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, welcome to the show, Tristan. Yes. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hello, hello. Do you have any a- AKAs? I don't. I actually, that's funny, AKAs. I don't have like a lot of nicknames. I mean, family members call me T. That's like the closest thing in my life I've ever gotten. Oh, <laughs> nice. Being called anything but my name. 
or, or my last name by people that I probably don't want to be reckoned by, like maybe drill sergeants and coaches and stuff. But <laughs> Tr- uh, Tristan or Hedgecourt is all I've ever really responded to in my it's life. It's funny. Like, <laughs> I'm uncool. You guys have so many cool AKAs, man. <laughs> But I, I feel like every you know, so certain people like are known by their last name. Like to a group of friends from like high school, mm-hmm. it would be like Richardson. Like that was yeah. just <laughs> that's or other yeah, like homies like uh, my friend Brian Moon. We used to just call him Moon. You know, that's a or like Mooney. There's yeah. some people just have like built to use their last name, mm-hmm. right? I can't yeah. think of any right now. But let's <laughs> <laughs> listen to my man Trevino because especially if you have a common first name, like, yeah. You know, his his first name's John. Some people call him Johnny or True. Like when we were young, though, everyone just knows Trevino because there's yeah. like a million Johns. But that's I, why he's hip hop Johnny. And now he's hip hop Johnny because mm-hmm. he's graduated. You know, he's on that, you know, on a higher level. He leveled up. Yeah, and it's funny because I have a white Johnny, a brown Johnny, and a hip hop Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are you telling parents name your kids something? Unique and dope. That's you probably know? why you don't have any. You know, Tristan's not that common of a name. Maybe that's why you don't have AKAs. Yeah. You can just always just be you. It wasn't. I feel like I know a lot of people naming their kids Tristan right now. So are you mad? I don't <laughs> know. You're I'm just, just happy they're all. You're I, the original. It yeah. doesn't bother me, but like it is weird. That like I'll be hanging out at like amusement parks and theme parks my whole life. I've there's never been like a, a, a license, license plate, plate or like yeah. those things that yeah. are like Tristan, like a keychain. Like I never find my name anywhere. So when I hear my name yelled, I assume it's me. <laughs> and like I'm just at like a water park or wherever, and I'd be like. Tristan, and it's like some mom screaming at a kid. And I'm like, what did I do? Tristan, come here. Like, come um, here now. I'm like, what, what, what do you need? It's been bizarre. But like, you need yeah. to fumar? Yeah, you need to fumar. <laughs> I'll hook you up. Oh, man, that's all I got. Well, at least it's, at least it's you know, you know, it's a legit name if people, if it's trending now on the mm-hmm. names list. like Right. Or like, I, uh, I mean, I'm pretty popular amongst people who, uh, the Brad Pitt had Legends of the Fall. He played a character named Tristan, mm-hmm. and uh, particularly like mothers and grandmothers love to point out that they're like, "Oh, just like Brad Pitt." <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's not the worst thing to hey, be no, associated no. with. No, that's great. I, the, I'm, these are total brags. <laughs> yeah. I am just like Brad Pitt. Just like him. Look at just him. Just like Brad look Pitt. at him. I mean, you barely could tell the difference. I yeah. was shocked. Chiseled, yeah. successful. <laughs> I thought I, I thought I was in snatched. <laughs> Well, uh, we have a question to start off this week with you, Tristan. Let's hit it. What condiments belong on a hot dog to you? Ooh, I'm probably really boring. I always go just, I like mustard on a hot dog. It's like one of my favorite. That's the, I feel like that's like the classic yes. American way. Mm-hmm. Dude, yesterday at the event I was at, they had a hot dog truck named Fatty's, and she had an Aloha dog with like Spam, pineapple, and some spicy sauce, and dude, that was out of this world. Mm. It was Ooh. so good. I mean, that sauce made it, and God knows what's in it. It's probably proprietary, but <laughs> but dude, it was a good combo. Secret formula. I've never heard of that food truck either. Yeah, I wonder if it's I new. I had neither. They've been doing a, they've been doing some events this spring that I've been working. So, yeah, I was like, you pick. Get me one. She goes, you got to get the Aloha dog. And I was like, mm, that was the one on the menu I was probably going to avoid. But <laughs> but I went with it, you know, and just but look at it. Change your no mind. regrets. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I, I personally, I've always, I just hate ketchup. Ooh. I feel like ketchup and hot dog. Is that your go-to? No, we talked about it last week. I like uh, some ketchup, mayo, like light on the mayo, ketchup, um, and like, I like like the Mexican hot dogs, you know, Tijuana dogs or whatever with like bacon. And in Mexico, they got different hot sauces all the time. So sometimes there's like an avocado sauce, a jalapeno sauce. So it's just, all right. I don't, I rarely do ketchup. 
I, I'm basic. I like ketchup and mustard. Just one side with ketchup on, one side and like a s- spicy mustard sometimes mm-hmm. to balance out uh, the ketchup the sweetness. But mm-hmm. as I get older, I use ketchup less and less. I feel like I feel like it's a crutch because mm-hmm. I really enjoy the spicy mustard more than <laughs> the ketchup. Maybe you'll you'll convince yeah. me, Tristan, it's not to a use crutch. ketchup. <laughs> it's just like nostalgic. I always yeah. would put ketchup. You know, like, like when you're a kid, you don't stuff. like all the. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. I never put ketchup on my eggs. I never either. First of all, I don't yeah, know but where people that, do. That wildness people is coming do. from. Yeah, Ugh, I hate it, man. When people get like a fries that you're supposed to share, and they're like, "Cool ketchup," all, all over, over it. it, and then you just yeah. smell that hot ketchup. I'm like, you know, dude, I'm not even hungry. We're good. <laughs> First of all, who puts ketchup over everything? Ketchup is for dipping, not yeah. spreading. On it's not cheese. You don't spread do it over everything. Heathens. heathens. <laughs> Beasts, man. These fucking savages out here. Not people I like sharing meals with. <laughs> and I like ketchup, and I'm always a fucking dipper. I'm a like. dipper for sure, and Leia's a dipper now, too. Like, you gotta raise crazy. them right, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loves to dip everything, so it's tight. Well, Tristan, tell us about yourself. Where mm-hmm. are you from? Where did you grow up? How'd you end up where you are now? I'm from, uh, so I'm from here. Grew up Spanish Springs. Uh, spent most of my life in Reno. I ventured away a couple times to try and kind of half-ass live somewhere else. I lived in L.A. for probably the longest, like over a half of a year. But other than that, I never made it. I never made it like longer than three months. Three months like near San Jose, like three months in Vegas a couple times. But I just really enjoy the Reno lifestyle. Maybe it's because I'm from here. Mm-hmm. Um, bartended around town a couple places for a while. That was kind of where I got my start. I mean, I graduated high school in 06. And so, like, I don't know if anybody else graduated around that time, but we didn't work. It was, I was, like, graduation mm-hmm. class where it was, like, there wasn't jobs. So it was, like, ha <laughs> <laughs> So, like, when jobs started coming around again, it was, like, service industry jobs. Like, I remember a lot of them didn't even pay me hourly. Like, it was just, like, tips only because you could just really just do whatever you wanted to Damn. employees oh, at the time, man. remember? I don't know man. if you remember the – it was the it was pretty bad back then yeah, for I a heard, hot like, minute. I, I remember people making, like, 250 or, like, $3 like dollars an hour, like – I never heard of just tips only. God. I uh, I won't say what bar in town it was, but I remember I got blown up because I quit one place to go work at 1UP because 1UP was going to pay me hourly as well as getting tips. Mm-hmm. I wasn't just going to work for free. And they yeah. were like, are you kidding me? And I was like, no. <laughs> no, this is like, I'm going to go take a job now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was, that was a big deal. But then cash rolls bar hopping around and then ended up in the cannabis industry. After that, I was like. I was really just looking for a gig with benefits, and I liked weed. I was always kind of the weed guy. And so I went down looking at the first dispensary that ever opened was Silver State Relief, and I had no idea how to get a medical card. I went down there asking about how to get a medical card and sat down with the manager, Tamara, at the time. And up, long story short, found a job and uh, been working in it since. It's been like seven years. Damn, that's crazy. Six, seven years. You didn't go down there with the idea of getting a job? No, I mean, I needed one. I, I kind of, <laughs> like, I quit I quit bartending at the Loving Cup without, like, a real clear plan of what I was going to do. I just knew that, like, like, I quit drinking. I need to not be around alcohol. Like, I loved that lifestyle just too much, and it was mm-hmm. really bad for me. And so I, but I left the Loving Cup just, like, with nowhere to go. So when that gig came around, I was like, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. And they had, like, benefits, and I hadn't ever had those. Never had health insurance outside my parents giving me yeah. health insurance. Like, <laughs> I mean, I had TRICARE when I was in the Army for a hot minute, but then left the guard, lost that. So, yeah, I was like, I was super stoked getting into the weed world. 
dude benefits like yeah. <laughs> the, the little things you know as mm-hmm. as an adult is just like cool i could go to the doctor i could go especially to the when dinner. you have them so yeah. were you in the army national guard i was i was and then so you had yeah obviously you had you're covered there and then when you leave that you don't have mm-hmm. insurance anymore yeah it's a weird security that most yeah, other countries don't, or don't just worry take about for granted. Yeah, yeah, they don't worry about it. You like, have to find it like a job that offers you benefits. Uh-huh. I'm still, I'm working my way out of debt from times I got sick when I didn't have insurance. Uh, yep. And I have chronic illness. I have like some autoimmune stuff I deal with. So like I've had to go to the hospital and I was like, mm. and, like, I don't know. People don't know this. Like a lot of times for things you could just go to a regular doctor for, if you don't have insurance, you go to the ER. Like they, yes. urgent care mm-hmm. makes you pay up front and it's a lot of money. So mm-hmm. the only place you can really afford to go is the emergency room and then just be like, well, I guess I hope I can pay this one day. Right. Yeah. Work out some sort of payment plan yeah. for the next 10 years. Like mm-hmm. it's a goddamn mortgage. Yeah, I'm so happy to be down to $13,000 in debt to the hospital. Like oh, that feels man. so good. Mm-hmm. Then that's still a lot of money for really something that should not have cost me any money. Yes. But so. Hey, yeah, Damn. benefits. Salute to, the, salute to the government. Hey, thank, thank you for what you uh, give us. Let's, let's improve on that I'm not one. saluting them for that. This is no. a basic human right. We, like, we need to improve, We want man. more. I'm demanding more. Exactly. It, was, it was a joke, my friend. <laughs> I think we have like a couple days left to sign up on healthcare.gov. I think it's the 15th, so if you don't know, but you could, get uh, going. There, you, you could there's apply. benefits out there for people. You could apply all the time at the welfare office, you know? Oh, yeah? I got, a, I got an inside guy. You got a guy? <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. You can help me out? Yeah, definitely. Actually, my partner really needs... Uh, we'll talk about it after the show. Please. Yeah. Um, any funny stories from bartending? You know, because I know you know Michael Moberly kind of like through bartending, and that's how we kind of got connected. True, yeah. And then uh, any Shout funny stories? Yeah. yeah. So Moberly for of course, yeah. making all this possible. I love yes. Michael, man. Um, or any funny the, stories about him? I mean, he's just a funny guy. I love the events we used to throw, man, because they were just... It really, like, it didn't... I don't know if you ever went to Luda Christmas. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> numerous like, pictures of me at Luda Oh, Christmas. my God. Luda Christmas, Dre Day, like, all those things. Just the parties that we would do. I remember um, it was so much fun. One of the funniest ones we ever did. This was actually Pete at the Loving Cup. We we didn't want to do the Santa Crawl one year. Like, we had just kind of opened up. We were a new bar, and we were like, mm, like, Santa Crawl's kind of nuts. We weren't really had bearings. We were like, let's throw a party that's different. Just through the 21st annual Catalina Wine Mixer. Like, I remember this. That was a good time. I had time. no <laughs> idea why it was called that. Or I went because I No, we played Yacht Rock all night. We <laughs> sold like those Island Breeze drinks yeah. and bottles. Everyone got super sick <laughs> off of sugary beverage. It was great. We had so much fun. Like That kind of stuff. That was why like I kept in that industry for so long is because I, I loved just that. Like yeah. There was one party. I, I forget. I think, I think Sean threw it over at Whiskey, and they just threw a birthday party for Dakota Fanning. <laughs> there was cake and everything it was uh, so great there was, like <laughs> i mean i i love that kind of stuff and so that's why i'm kind of trying to just bring that world now that we're kind of opening up back into the events for cannabis because weed is way more whimsical so i feel like i can <laughs> i can do all sorts of random stuff so i'm excited yeah. for i'm excited for things like no like this I, weekend man yeah, yeah no and that and that's good too because now that things are opening up everyone's going to be down for all these things Dude, and mm-hmm. then consumption lounge laws are unrolling. Oh, soon. we're gonna talk yeah. about that later. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so, like, you've worked in the service industry a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, what was we? We know a lot of people. We've interviewed a lot of people. And we like like to give people the perspective of someone on the other side of the service industry. What are some of the shittier parts of working in the service industry? Other than just working because for people, tips. you know, people just go out and I think they're having a good time, but. There's a lot that goes into it, and you're not always treated the best. 
I think one of the shittiest things is like people don't realize how like, like there was one time I got stiffed completely at a table because I was working at Red Robin and Red Robin didn't have a double bacon cheeseburger on their menu. So basically, I don't think people realize this, but this guy in his head justified not helping me pay my bills because the menu didn't cater to his likings. Oh, dang. And it's like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. Like, go to fucking the burger place that you like if that was the fucking burger you wanted. Like, who the hell goes to Carl's Jr. for a Whopper? And then, <laughs> right? and and then tells the employees at Carl's Jr. that they don't get paid today because they don't sell Whoppers. Like, people don't think about shit like that. Dude, Everything, they up. only think about themselves. And that's just, like, the story of everybody in the world. Like, we mm-hmm. all even think, we're all looking inward and we're like, well, this is what I came here for. This is what I wanted. And, like... People aren't allowed to be human when they're servers, and I feel mm-hmm. so bad. Like, you have no idea what happened to that person today, and now you just made their day worse because of a burger? Like, dude. Right. That the happens. company didn't offer. It wasn't even at all. Out of anyone fault. involves yeah. control. Yeah. Out of anyone possible. And I probably could have gotten it. Dude, it was like, it was a burger they probably could have made. They, like, yeah, you could have asked. Yeah. yeah, but he just assumed, he, he created this scenario and then anybody who could possibly suffer from his decisions did. And it was well, like, some people are just fucking assholes. <laughs> fuck so fuck this I'm guy. super grateful. I'm, I'm assuming this guy's name was Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> he might've been. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. His wife definitely was Karen. Though. Yes. <laughs> the Karen Kyle duo. And it was probably her idea to go to red Robin and he was already pissed about it too. Let's take the kids. They eat for free. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Let it out. That's what let we it, want. Yeah. Like, people, oh, people need to hear this. They need stuff. to know. People go to um, people go to like kid friendly restaurants. Oh, this is the worst because they assume that they don't have to tip. They treat them like they're fast food. But like, if dude, if there's a server walking to your table, you got to tip. And that t- their server, you sit down at their table, you cost them money already. So if you put zero dollars on that ticket line, like you just cost that person money to be there today. You cost mm-hmm. them about. Five percent of your ticket. I feel guilty about like, like how much I should tip on like takeout orders and shit. Mm -hmm. People who are going into a place and sitting down, I'm like for hours, bro. I had a birthday party come in. I'm not even fucking kidding. I had a birthday party (laughs) of over twenty people. They sat in there for hours, took up my whole section. Meaning, I don't know if you know this, a lot of corporate restaurants you're minimized. So I had one other table besides my party for the entire of the night. That's the only table I got tipped from that night. They left me zero dollars. Goose egg. I got lucky. They didn't Fuck. make me tip out that night because of that. But like, dude, no real reason. Yeah. They got great service. Mm-hmm. Bottomless runs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> dude, like it was, it's dude, just. Dude, that's fucked up. And like, and I feel bad sometimes when it's just me and the lady there, you know? And I'm like, man, they're busy. I want to tip them. And they did a good service, you know? And I'm like, I'm going to tip them extra because I see they're busy. Yeah, and they, I feel and they give bad. Good service, you I know? feel bad when they're busy and they're like, you know, something goes wrong because mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not your fault. Like, yeah. this place is a madhouse right now, you know? Like, you didn't, you don't make, you know, it's like, you don't make the schedule. You mm-hmm. didn't cause these circumstances. You're just trying to do the best. Yeah. And heaven forbid you forget something <laughs> and don't let it be ranch. Yeah. Like, oh, I shit. Swear. <laughs> people love their ranch and it's like how am i supposed to eat my fries (laughs) they get cold dude i'm not even kidding (laughs) people don't think about anything oh my god my fries are getting cold (laughs) tripping out i don't have my ranch like get the the ketchup it's right there it's like it's such a stress i feel so bad for dude it's so i feel Mm -hmm. it is such a stressful job and then like you you just like you spend your whole day just being demanded like on the edge of anxiety brink so like you're just practicing apologize <laughs> yeah dude you're just spending like a good portion of your life just practicing all sorts of wrong human behavior you know what i mean so like either you were really actively good at unwinding and not bringing that into your other world or like 
yeah, you just, you're slowly mentally breaking down. Yeah. Are, you, are you glad you're not in that life anymore? I am. And I'm really hoping that as the industry reopens, people are a little bit more gracious with mm-hmm. each other after this you know, pandemic thing because, dude, I don't know. Yeah, root. I mean, and I know like some of the nicest people who work in the service yes. industry mm-hmm. and the stories they tell are just, I've seen people I know treat servers and people so horribly. And I feel like. That's a very good judge of character is how you treat these people mm-hmm. because if you're treating them shitty, I feel like you're just a shitty person and that's a reflection of yeah <laughs> on you. Like that's more like sometimes when I like look up a new place and I read the reviews, I'm like this review is so much more a reflection of the person that, that wrote it than of the actual <laughs> fucking restaurant. Yeah. Dude, that's so true. Well, that's it. I think that's true about I think yeah because a lot of people go to restaurants. They go to restaurants for a couple of different we all go to do all sorts of things in our lives for different reasons and i think a lot of those people go to restaurants not to have a good dining experience and then try try culinary thing and do whatever it's there to be served and that's that's the difference like are you Mm -hmm. here to experience what the restaurant has to offer or are you looking for a moment of control and hierarchy in your life god damn i've never thought about that Mm -hmm. but that's fucking crazy yeah because you're right yeah no, and like I love to go to places for the experience, you know, mm-hmm. to sit there, the ambiance, you know, and things like that. Yeah, like in, in different restaurants or like mm-hmm. some places I'm going there for the food. Like I mm-hmm. don't care what it is, like how the service is or anything. Like it's my jam. Mm-hmm. And I'm there for the food. Other times, yeah, some places it's the experience. Some place it's the environment. Like I want to go sit outside and, you know, or it has a nice patio or whatever. But right. you go, like, I'm going there for what the place offers, not. To be served. To be like <laughs> to be served. Yeah, yeah, ha- yeah. yeah, have someone fucking bring me my food like yeah. I'm some sort of medieval king. King. Yeah, if you uh, if you find yourself consistently having bad service at restaurants, I don't know. Look at yourself. <laughs> Take a look inside. Look, look inside, stud. Yeah. You plead yourself. <laughs> so, some ask yourself why you went to this restaurant today. Do you really like this restaurant, or did you like? Or they yeah, or they keep getting bad service and they keep going to that same place. You're not getting that promotion at work. Like yeah. I don't know Wait, which one is it because this yeah. guy's just trying to get his job in so he can pay his bills. Mm-hmm. Don't make him suffer because you're not getting what you need. Especially it's when it's like a grown person that's like 45 and they're talking to like you know some 20 year old college kid or something who's just trying to get through their day. I'm like. You're already older than them. Like yeah. you don't need to belittle them anymore. Like they're, yeah. Anyways, yeah. yeah. This is. Let's move to something positive. Yeah. Right. Talk about your transition in the cannabis industry. You say you started at Silver State Relief. Mm-hmm. How has that evolved into where you are now? Well, I mean, I loved Silver State when we were. It was medical only. It was. We were doing some cool stuff. I learned a lot about weed. I already knew, like indica sativa strains i was like a a, kind of a weed nerd but like i had no idea like what would happen after i entered Mm -hmm. that world um and it kind of changed my my view on what it meant to be like i mean as a stoner that wanted stoners to be more accepted in general like i learned like how broad and how big cannabis is to the world especially at that first spot um handful of reasons why but political i just had a better offer end up going over to bloom and i worked my way up there did a bunch of cool stuff and then uh yeah i just really loved the industry so i i i mean i started service industry so like obviously bud tending came naturally to me um i'm a i consider myself a pretty compassionate person i find it pretty easy to get people to talk to me Mm -hmm. and that helped especially with medical marijuana people come in there 
and they don't necessarily want to tell some young 20-year-old kid about their medical conditions that they're here to fix, but like people don't think about medical marijuana as like the first line. What I think general public didn't realize is like if you're in a dispensary for actual medicine, chances are this is like the last line of defense yes. for you. Mm-hmm. And so these people are hard up, they're in pain. Um, they need someone just to be a little patient for them. And so like that was that was it for me. I was all in on this because I got to do and use all the skills I learned from being behind the bar, from being in the service industry and like the patients and like having people yell at me for no reason, but actually bringing good to the world, in my opinion, bringing good right. to the world. Right, you're, you're helping these people who where they have cancer or serious yeah. illnesses. And yeah. They're struggling every day and you give them just that little bit of relief. And teaching people, teaching people that it's okay. Like, dude, you're dying. It's okay that if it, do- it doesn't get rid of my pain, I think I'm just getting high. All right? Right. Does it feel better to be high as you're dying than it does to not be high as you're dying? Because, dude, it sucks, but you're dying right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, then, like, perspective changes. And then, like, the last couple months of these people's lives is improved. Sometimes it ends up not being the last couple months of their lives because their perspective changed and they gave them that will to live. Mm-hmm. It's like that stuff was all in. So when I got to go over to Bloom and I started working my way up, I got real interested in production side. I, I've worked my way. I learned inventory. I just wanted to know everything, everything about, it. about it. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I don't know how or what. I can see how it can be good. In my opinion, the rec world is kind of faltered. It's kind of uh, it's kind of shaken or tested our integrity a little bit a few times as, a, as an industry. And it, it will continue. Um, but it's, it's fun. And I, I think that weed can be such a good, like a cause for good and a mm-hmm. force for good in so many different ways that I'm just always going to be in it. And so eventually... Eventually landed myself at this company, Fumer. Um, they uh, they had like a big start over. They used to they had an LLC. They were a whole different company. They had all these different brands that they were kind of sourcing with outside of the state, trying all sorts of different stuff. Um, not really hitting the mark. Not making bad products. Just not making nothing really took off. And so they kind of just called it, started over. Kind of a new team. They found me up here, small small number of us, and we're just kind of. Trying to do a, a cool thing, not really not really trying to become like the juggernaut or the big. We just do what we do well, do some good along the lines, have some fun with it. Yeah, make some awesome stuff and, and have fun, yeah. Exactly. Um, legal weed is kind of, it is what it is right now. It's evolving. Is it, is it the wild, better. wild west, I feel like? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's just so much information out there, and people are people are trying to form their opinions and what can be and what can't, especially as we're going federal and like how do we prepare for that and like and and people want to prepare for the unknown and and that's always funny (laughs) (laughs) like like how do you control the uncontrollable and you 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 don't that's the point you you just don't you when it happens then you do your best you take things as Mm -hmm. they come but uh so that's what we're kind of gearing up for right now as a state and so yeah i've just been taking all my different life experiences doing things from as silly as helping michael morbidly with dre day and all that (laughs) down at blcc maybe being a lifeguard with the beer bong you know, <laughs> letting that translate into what I learned in this cannabis world and just kind of trying to start uh, kind of different events and seeing what seeing I'm throwing everything at the wall. You know, I want to do I like to, like I was telling you guys, I like to do some good along with everything I do. So any any opportunity I can find like an extra revenue stream that's unnecessary, I'm like, cool, who can we give this money to? Like and I really, really push for cannabis companies to try and give money to charity. It's really hard for us to do it because if they accept our money they could lose their federal backing, so they have to take it anonymously. So there's all sorts of weird yeah. 
caveats like that. So I have to find cannabis companies that are really willing to just do it for the cause of doing it. Like you got to do it for good. Like you can't even really tell anybody you did it because you yeah, can get that charity. You can't get that, that credit. You're just, yeah, yeah. They're just doing it. You actually for the sake have to do community. good to, for the sake of being good. Yeah. I mean, instead of a tax deduction. <laughs> oh man. But when you, when you tell somebody that it's kind of funny, you're like, yeah, you just got to be a good person. Send them, send them money. They're, <laughs> they're like, like, what? They're like, can I write it off? And I'm like, well, yeah, you can write it off as a cash donation, but that's uh, you know, that's I don't know how taxes work. I'm not an accountant. I'm pretty sure it doesn't look as good. <laughs> I'm anonymous 244 that donated to this. I promise I gave him cash. Can I have a deduction, please? I don't know yeah, how it it's, works. It's not like some of these companies yeah. have whole PR firms around there, like philanthropy. It's like, yeah. like uh, this can't be a PR stunt. You just have to do it because it's the right it's thing It's the right do. thing to do. The cool thing is, is it's a bunch. Of, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it is cannabis. So chances are the people you're talking to, they want to do good. Mm-hmm. People want to. They want money. A lot of people are greedy. They want money. But if they have an opportunity to give money and help and build community, I've noticed that more often than not, the opportunity is taken to help the community. So nice. Have you noticed a difference, you know, being in the industry with the type of people? Are they mostly like people who were passionate about marijuana and cannabis before legalization or do you, is there more of like the outside business person that's coming in to take advantage of, of this in, you know new industry controversial question <laughs> um hard hitting it's hard because i don't want to knock anybody who doesn't come from a cannabis background for having an interest in our industry especially like it's like you know they have capital or they've got opportunities connections things like that i mean i want to expand the industry but there is a lot a lot a lot of players especially at the top that are um they're not cannabis users they don't come from a cannabis background and quite frankly they're just like stock market players they're playing it like a market exploiting it yeah and so that gets really frustrating when when you're literally building an industry when you're building a multi-billion dollar industry like your ideas are making the boat float you know like when your hands are doing the work and then someone up top looks at you like uh so then you give an idea you throw something they're like oh, yeah but he's a stoner and you're like yes like you because there's always there there's always that divide yeah. like the people that are the cannabis background all of us that come from the street market background if you will and all of that who've done this our whole lives and really committed from day one we're always going to look like stoners mm-hmm. to the top people who have the decision-making power and that really sucks because then they're coming to these meetings a lot of the times and they'll be like hey you know i I, we're gonna do this and you're like oh cool what's up noob like yeah (laughs) you you're the great genius that came up with brownies like (laughs) you know what i mean like but it seriously sounds like that sometimes and Uh you're like because i'm watching you evolve as a stoner the same way every stoner evolves but i've been doing this for 20 years now yeah so you are where i was in high school dude (laughs) like you're like taking knife hits a hash in my opinion like and i'm like trying to explain to you what solventless rosin hash is like you philistine you don't know what you're talking about like what organic is and they're like oh well there's bacteria in the weed and i'm like you can't it's hard because you can't even have the conversation because a lot of these people aren't even willing to be educated because again the people who have to educate them are just dumb stoners Mm -hmm. so um that is a problem in my opinion but i am super grateful that i work for a company where my boss is not like that he is a student of life he loves to learn and he he has amazing ideas and he'll throw anything out there and you can tell him hey it's been done he doesn't take offense and if he's got a good idea he's got some good ones <laughs> like um it, it's really cool and so like I, i'm i'm really grateful i get to be a part of a team like that and i know that there's more and more teams being built like that and hopefully as 
companies like this see success, maybe some of these guys are like, oh, maybe I don't know everything. Yeah. My, maybe I should rely on these people who have the experience and can guide me through this process. And, and then start paying them for it. Yes. That's the because thing. Because we're not paying people enough money, man. Sorry. That's how it is everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like you know, just work on tips. <laughs> I still can't believe that shit. Dude, yeah. That's, that's so fucking crazy to me. But I mean, I should. Yeah. Like, I've heard stories about that. I just didn't want to believe it at the time, you know? Or was like, what? What do you mean you only make tips? Or what do you mean you make $2 an hour? <laughs> or five, whatever the federal minimum wage is, you know? Well, like, because it's different for service workers. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time in Nevada, yeah, it, you, if they got tips, like, you didn't have to pay them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think you legally do. But, like, it was like jobs are so hard to find that if you weren't willing to just take whatever then they would just find someone else who would. Mm-hmm. They didn't just they didn't care. There was no... And then, like, dude, who knows? I don't know about the labor board at that point, but they were probably flooded trying to, like, oh, we're sorry, guys, we can't defend you on this one. <laughs> I can't imagine what Vegas was like at the time, man. Oh, my God. You tough. You'll be all right. Yeah. You got it. You're making tips, right? Yeah, that's the other thing about Nevada, especially Reno and Vegas, that there's so many service industry jobs, and there's so many different, t- you know, like, mm-hmm. there's, you know, obviously the casinos employ a bunch of people, and then there's all the bars and everything, and just the, di- like, talking to people who worked it, and the difference between some of these different climates, and working for a dive bar versus a casino, and mm-hmm. just, it, it's, it's It's gotta so- be bizarre doing, like, their taxes compared to other states. You're like, these people are part-time minimum wage workers, but they're the highest earning, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. Part-time, no benefits, minimum wage, highest earning in their area. Like, it's so – because, like, I mean, some of those people in Vegas, like, that, that's, that is huge, huge money. But mm-hmm. their hourly is still eight fifty or whatever it is now. Yeah. Like, And then if they don't have to get benefits, a lot of casinos, they all get benefits and stuff like that. But the smaller bars, they still make good money. I mean, local restaurants, those guys clean house. And like, wow, Well, those you- are the people who suffer the most during the pandemic because they're yeah. so used to making so much money hourly but they don't have the security net the safety net of mm-hmm. not being able to work like if you're not working you're not making that money yeah that's so so true and then yeah and then you're like your life doesn't get cheaper just because right because <laughs> everything, everything else changes yeah 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 damn that's wild <laughs> well yeah. uh in your job i'm assuming you know you talked earlier but how much do you have to follow, like, the different local, state, and federal regula- yeah. regulations, like, the current legislative session that's going on here in Nevada? Like, do you are you super in tune with what's going on? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, they like to change the laws on us all the time, and they like to hold us highly accountable to them. So uh, a good portion of my job is just to know who, what, when, where, how much, all those kinds of things with weed. So right now there's a lot of regulation that's going on that's pretty exciting it has to do with uh lounges if it goes through as is there's going to be uh two different categories if you're just a regular business owner that's a really exciting Mm -hmm. news for you but uh yeah i mean dude i that as far as like toeing the line in regulations it's really funny because i mean like i said earlier these laws weren't written by cannabis users so like some of the things were like are so important to follow the rules you know is like a long-term cannabis connoisseur like mm-hmm. not important like it's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny but yeah we're uh we're we're doing that like i mean right now they still like the limits that you're allowed to have like 3500 milligrams of pretty much anything or an ounce of weed like the way that translates like 3500 milligrams of edibles compared to 3500 milligrams of dabs is like night and day right 3500 milligrams of edibles is like a 
three months supply for most people. Like if that's if you eat them every day, like heavy, like that's so many, that's 35 bags of the maximum amount of edibles you can get. But that is only, I mean, you can only get three and a half grams of concentrate at a time, basically, which is like for most dabbers, about a week's worth of dabs. So you're like, like the, the difference is just it's and who knows why why like why yeah like are, how do they come up with those that number yeah. numbers why are we stopping people from buying more these the shops would love to sell more mm-hmm. like what's the point do you really think that people are buying an ounce of weed and then going outside to the guy outside and selling, <laughs> selling it to it? him for more <laughs> like what are we stopping like like, <laughs> no under, like the more you can sell it the less of an underground market there is actually yeah, yeah you limit people from buying amount from the store. Do you think you're that encouraging a black Johnny market. Street Dealer over here's no, dude, you're at your ounce. Let me do the math. No, man. He's like, you want a pound? I got a pound. Like you buy like whatever. Like yeah. you're in, you're encouraging the street market yes. to, to be successful. And they love it because the street market is like, well, cool. Now I can just charge more than the dispensary because my product is guaranteed better. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. My product is almost guaranteed better yeah. because I'm like not held to rules. I can actually grow. This is for flour. I can actually grow it the way it should be grown. And then I can charge whatever I want mm-hmm. and pay, sell you every money which I want, oh. and I don't have to pay any overhead. Like if I don't know why that rule about limiting how much you can buy, I don't. Yeah, like what's the rationale? Like it's not like one, uh-huh. it's not like people are going to overdose. Two, it's not like there's limits on how much alcohol you can exactly. buy, which you can definitely like you can buy die kegs from. Kegs <laughs> yeah, like, I want. can go buy a thousand dollars worth of vodka right now, and no one like will oh, care. At a gas station. Yeah. At a gas station. At a gas gas station. Exactly. On on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. In the middle of nowhere, probably, too. Like on a road. Oh, just hitting the road. Yeah. Good, but. Like between here and Vegas. No weed on you, right? No more than an ounce. Yes. Never, sir. Never. (laughs) Or 30 bags of brownies. Oh, but but if you ate 3,500 milligrams of edibles, ah, yeah, that'd be be rough. Like, so the one thing that you can scare yourself, the one thing that probably – you can't overdose, but like you can make yourself sick for sure. Like that's a lot of weed in your system, and yeah. I wouldn't suggest thirty-five hundred milligrams. I mean, no, <laughs> yeah. that's I, the one. That's I would the suggest one category. You're I would allowed suggest to buy. starting out at two to three. Yes, <laughs> a corner, <laughs> a corner. Oh gosh, uh, is that your? Is that where we are right now? How many of the splash did you guys get? None. None. No. My bad. That's no, all right. Yeah. The splash of those the gummies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I did a corner. Corner. <laughs> like I said, know your limits. <laughs> I ended up eating a whole bag again recently, and I, I was so tired the next day. Oh man, see that's that's the danger of them. They're nice. They taste great. I have to like put them away for myself. Dude, they taste too good. Yeah, it's dangerous. But you know, it's like we were saying, it's no more dangerous than like these delicious seltzers that you know <laughs> that, are, I that are popping all yeah. over the market that. It's just a ten percent alcohol, yeah. and it tastes like sugary you know, tonic water. Exactly, <laughs> but only you know you could buy infinity of those. If you were put in charge of marijuana regulation in the United States, what would you change at the federal level first? Compared to what our states are, what our state laws are right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they're, they're like if I'm like I took over the world, Tristan. You're in charge of marijuana laws. Like, get this shit figured out. What would be the like? What What would you do? I think, uh, I think I would uh, emulate a lot of when the end of prohibition for alcohol went through. If you read like beer brewing laws, how much you're allowed to brew per year and sell basically to your friends if you wanted to, kind of create that space and just kind of allow a free open market. Um, 
less of this idea. People are really scared of weed, so I would kind of encourage the idea that it's just like let it happen organically because I don't think that we know what it's supposed to be. And so I would kind of I would pitch for more of a campaign of like a hey you know, you're not, no one's going to, we're not going to have problems with drug dealers on every street corners. Like that's not Mm -hmm. the issue. And actually there's nothing to be afraid of as far as growing your own or being, you know, any kind of thing. If you can grow your own fruits and vegetables in a garden, you can probably grow your own medicine. Mm -hmm. And I mean, nobody's taking over the dispensaries or stopping the, but like just that, that small ability to kind of just create um, a culture communities for people to have like an understanding of what the plant is rather than I think the dispensary setup and the store we have like right now, it almost intensifies the fear of cannabis. Like that. Re- it's intimidating to go in. Yeah. Dude, fuck, dude. It's like I security, mean, better, a waiting room, you know, and it's like weird to go in there. Yeah, dude. I mean, like I love Jade's new setup now where they took down the wall. So you just, you check in, you go in and it's open and it doesn't feel so, but it's still kind of like a intimidating process. And I mean, that's from someone who's worked in them and I'm in them all the time. And I still, when I go to make a decision to purchase it's like my heart races a little bit I mean, it's not the most comfortable decision at my favorite most comfortable dispensaries it still feels weird and that's because the culture surrounding yeah. it is like a no no like yeah no no this is bad and so like i think if i were to be able to i would i would be like hey like we're done we're done stopping you you can do just do want. it just mm-hmm. do it because it's it's not like we there's like this idea, the COAs, like the test, the lab results, you know, that way you know that there's no mold on it. You're not going to get sick. Mold is something that you can see and smell on your weed. Like if this weed looks really gross, if it's got like white mold all around the outside of it, or you open it up and it's like black and stinky, you're not going to smoke that. It's it's, it's like mold on food. Yeah. It's, it's like bud cheese. rot. It's yeah. mold. You know that. And then the other side is what we test for in weed legally is is bacteria which is not bad as you guys know we drink kombucha for bacteria in our guts there's bacteria in weed there's bacteria in plants probiotics it's how they absorb their nutrients those aren't bad we actually have to degrade the way we grow weed in in my opinion um it is superior to grow weed with higher amounts of bacteria in living soil that's just the way they grow in nature it's things like Mm -hmm. that um so are you yeah. saying that the regulators didn't listen to science when they came up with laws <laughs> that regulated something people consume? No, 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 no. Weird, right? No, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, when it first happened, like they, mm-hmm. they copied a lot of laws from the Hawaii. So like there was like references to the island and stuff in mm-hmm. the, in the legislation. I remember reading, I was like, this is so bizarre, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it seems pretty obvious to most stoners. Some of the laws you are like, where, like you can tell that some of them were like off of a weird Facebook rumor or something like you can just mm. you can just tell like the reefer madness stuff out of nowhere they came around and they gave us these pictures of pregnant women with the big no and information about how bad it can be and it was like overnight and it was like you need to put these up and everywhere and i actually had her tell me and i had to explain to her that i can't do this she's like and if pregnant you tell pregnant people they can't come in i was like you know that we can't do that mm. like you know that that's uh, huh. not like a bar can't turn someone away because they're pregnant. I was like, we, I can't, I was like, and they just don't know, like they're just kind of numb. And like, honestly, I used to be like really like afraid of them. And so I wouldn't really say these kinds of things. And now mm-hmm. I just don't care because like, dude, like I wish, like I said, they would listen to cannabis people. Right. Because- like someone could technically see you guys if you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as dumb as it is, like, you know, to drink on when you're pregnant, yeah. like you can't, 
it's discrimination, I believe. Like, you, you can't tell me that I can't be here because I'm pregnant or, I can't, like, you can't tell me what I'm going to do or who knows? She might not be buying it for herself. She could be buying it for her overage husband or something. Like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't know and you don't – and, like, you also don't assume that someone's pregnant, I guess. Yeah. I don't right, know. that's the – like, you guys are supposed to be making judgments on and whether uh, people are pregnant or not. And it was just, like – there was just so many different – instances where then like they'll care a whole lot about something all the time and then just out of nowhere not anymore yeah and like there's a lot of waste in our industry there's so many like labels and receipts and bags and all these things that i really wish we could just do away with because it all just harbors back into that culture like i said that of fear we're afraid of it it's a plant like it's a flower and it's not hard to yeah like i'm sure you're familiar with the whole the history of why it's so you know it's a schedule one drug. Like people look at it's regulated the same as cocaine at the federal level or heroin. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's not the yeah. same as those things. <laughs> it is not. Yeah. No, there's no, there, there's no, you know, human health crisis about people. Like, over o- ODing. ODing and, and uh, you know, being, coming addicted to marijuana like yeah. there are some of these other drugs. Uh, I don't, I mean, I've heard of, like, it's not great for adolescents. Right. You know, I'll be, I'll be real with it. I wish I didn't smoke in high school. I'm grateful that I didn't. I wasn't like a major stoner throughout high school after learning about what it can do as your developing mind and everything like that. Um, but again, but like if there science, yeah, like if there was more, you know, studies and it could be regulated and everything, like I feel like there'd be less appeal to teenagers to do it if it wasn't super illegal and like you know stigmatized because <laughs> yeah. like we all know that teenagers are drawn to that thing and you know if there was if it was like when you turn 21 you can do it maybe it wouldn't be such a big deal yeah or is it 21 or 18 i don't even know it's 21 i i i think 21 is a good age yeah yeah i no, think 21 is a good age for for we i mean because you're still i guess you know you're still in puberty and like it's like late 20s for me yeah i was like hmm. your your development you're you're not really fully developed until at least like 25 yeah i was to try and tell people yeah. like 25 years old you have to be 25 to smoke weed and that's not gonna happen no. i mean i have a whole theory about how we should restructure our whole concept of maturity and growing and childhood <laughs> and everything but absolutely we're not gonna dive into that. okay i'd love <laughs> to hear it sometime though <laughs> like as a teacher like and just knowing like yeah and human anyways well, i can only imagine soon the reconstruction episode uh-huh. <laughs> Um, last question. Uh, are there any, like, how do you feel? (laughs) This is kind of, like, how do you feel about the drug war in general and how, like, what do you think is going to be the effect as like we start passing these laws that release people from prison who have, you know, marijuana convictions and it does become, you know, less stigmatized. How do you think it's going to change, you know, how society views this? Um, well, one, as far as the people coming out of prison that one we kind of i if anyone wants to get into anything cannabis related that's what we need to get in far enough like out in front of um on the topic of equity when it comes to those people we need to remember that these people had large portions of their lives taken away for no reason we're all real excited to let them out of prison but we uh we got to remember we put them in prison so we got to like really like i mean and they're going to come out and i can't even imagine what it would be like to be that person um so I feel like that that is going to be a huge like move social justice wise. Like what are we going to do? And I don't know if anyone has a plan because everybody's just fighting so hard to get them out, which I right. understand. But one of the unintended consequences but of we that need to is get like, them out with equity. Like, yeah, we need what's going to gonna happen? They, if they, 
can't get a job because they have these convictions on their record and all these other things. Dude, like, I mean, and think about it. They just spent how much time in prison, which is essentially crime school. Like, they made connections. We all make connections. We're human beings. We network with each other, and we just force them to only network with other criminals. So, And they're not really criminals. And, like, so, okay, we're all not succeeding in this world, but I've got to plug on blank whatever like you know what i mean like yeah, when yeah. when society rejects you enough you find your own society and so we have to as society like really embrace one another i guess and then as far as like the drug war man like the culture of fear again like we just if we can approach the legalization from a standpoint of not who can make a bunch of money like who's going to make a million dollars first off of the great green rush like shut up stop that's not what we're doing what we're doing is we're ending prohibition we're not starting the weed industry i guess to say because like there is a weed industry it never stopped whether or not you wanted to acknowledge it as legal it always existed so it's like i mean the economy isn't going to go or change you can you can either embrace it it's kind of like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's right. you can either, and it's in every single state. It's in every corner of every state. It's I mean, and it's not like oh, you can only get cartridges and gummies and all that cool legal stuff in Nevada. Nope, all of the best brands are in all fifty states. I don't know who's getting them there, but I promise you, they're getting them there. Like, <laughs> dude, it's, right? it's 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 gnarly. Like, I mean, I got like I was so like I was so impressed. I went to a a show in Kentucky. It was a New Year's Eve concert in Kentucky. And, like, these kids had, like, 710 labs dabs from Minnesota. They were from Minnesota. They had, like, 710 labs dabs. They had they had cartridges from – they had um, they had raw gardens dabs. They had cartridges from 710. I'm like, this is – these are hmm. – Like, are the legal. industry's already there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, what do you these mean? These are like, legal <laughs> products, you know. They're like, oh, yeah, this is my guy's menu. Menu? Like, what is – so to think that, like – so that's why in like the legalization, mm-hmm. if we try and take it from a standpoint of like, we need to regulate the hell out of this and make some money and who, how we can, like all we're doing is feeding that Wall Street like agenda again, feeding mm-hmm. this, this idea that someone has to win off of this. And it was like, no, like we've had enough It's just loss. like another thing to be exploited yeah. and tossed aside. Mm-hmm. And then when there's not money to be had, when there's not exactly. someone's million dollars to steal, then we exactly. don't have to worry about drug cartel coming in and taking, they're not in here trying to make drugs. They're in here trying to take money. So yeah. like if, if we're, if, you know what I mean? You take mm-hmm. that away. The commerce already exists. You just allow it to exist legally. Then, then you create structure. It's just like prohibition. When pro, mm-hmm. like the unintended consequence of prohibition is obviously like the mo- the proliferation of the mob throughout mm-hmm. this country. But you know, you saw violence and things go down after prohibition ended because all of a sudden people don't have to rely on these underground illegal networks to get this thing they want and it's legal and now it just transferred. So I think that's, I love how you put that. It's a good way to look at it. It's Mm -hmm. like you're ending prohibition. You're not starting an industry. The industry's been there for years Mm -hmm. just illegally. And to try and say, not that one, this one, you're not going to get the people that are already in this one to come over here, especially when you're offering. Like you said, open it up and let it happen organically and then address it as it, Again, we're not very good at that as a country. No, it's not our thing. <laughs> no. We like to control things that aren't controllable. Yeah. Or, or say that we do. And make money. Say we do. <laughs> quotes, air quotes. Like, <laughs> we're all about saying and throwing money at a problem that have no results. But we can say, look how much money we spent on this thing. It didn't work, but look how much money we spent. Because money <laughs> equals things. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out that money is just 
speculation of a bunch of groups of people right. on Wall Street. <laughs> yeah. And if they're like, actually, this is worth more money now than it just is, I that bothers me. Yeah. I, that one still sits uneasy. Yeah. My boyfriend's getting way into the stock market, and the more I learn, I'm just like, please, I was like, just just invest for us, master that, you be the one, because I'm just getting jaded, and I don't need that. I don't need that kind of emotion in my life. Like he's getting stressed out. He's like, like uh... he's like looking at it like, oh, well, here's here's a system. We can learn how to play it and get gains off it. And then I'm like, you know, anarchy. I'm like, here's a system. We need to take it down. (laughs) (laughs) I like destroy the system. (laughs) He's over there like making smart investments and with plans. And I'm like, game stonks. (laughs) (laughs) Different people. Use his knowledge to take down. (laughs) Yes. It's not working. I tried. I I text a bunch of people. This one that was looking like it It might. It's not going to, but it might. Uh, Game stonks 2.0. I don't think so. I'm gonna try though. Are you are you are you on? I'm deep on the Reddit on the thread on on the uh, the Wall Street bets. Wall Street bets. Are, are, do you follow that Reddit? Mm-hmm. No, I like to pretend I'm way too lazy for that. <laughs> I mean, I just got I just sucked wait. in, and now like I get the updates, and every, I log in in the morning. I'm just like, dude, these people never stop. Every single morning, there's like. YOLO on like you know some (laughs) new fucking thing and they got like a two page manifesto of why this stock's about to explode yeah like real like people like like they're analytics man they're they're real analytics Mm have you watched the game stopped uh documentary that they did no uh, is it out already yeah it's pretty cool dude that I was need fast. to watch that yeah yeah they got some they got like some guys from like the the real dudes that did the original uh the big short like that were involved in that hedge that just all the different stock market people talking about it and it's it's wild man like it, what went down and like what's what that culture's kind of created i don't know i guess that's kind of cool maybe that's feeding to my like anarchy <laughs> i mean it's not very like what's the word not sociopathic <laughs> what's the opposite what's the, the opposite of like sociopathic behavior like we're just yeah, yeah. disregard so, of people <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Wait, the opposite of sociopathic, wouldn't that just be pathic? Empathetic. Em- empathy. These people aren't yeah, the most empathetic, <laughs> like compassionate yeah. people I'm imagining. No. No. <laughs> no. No. They 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 wedge their entire money hoping that entire companies fail that all Right, these... like millions of people's lives get ruined so yeah. they can make money. When and it took it took more money than any of those people could have ever imagined having to do it. So that they could just make more of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I quit a job because I like was taking advantage of, yeah, like I, yeah, like independent contractors who like didn't have as much knowledge as my company did, and for a couple hundred bucks, and it felt shitty doing that, like nickel and diming them, and like make I realizing like, man, like the better I do my job, the more I'm screwing these people over, so that this company makes like more and more money, more and more money mm-hmm. all the time. And I'm like, this fucking sucks. Mm. I can't imagine doing it on a scale that it's like affecting fucking economies. <laughs> and like, you know, changing the value of the dollar. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's so mind blowing. This is not cool. Right. Like, well, some people won't be able to afford milk anymore if I do this, but I want another house in the Caymans. Yeah, so. right. I want that bonus. <laughs> I want a $30 million bonus at the end of the year. So I can lay people off. I don't understand, but it works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, 
It's the people at the top. America. It works for America. Me. Who cares about everybody else? To be real, I wouldn't but want that much money. I wouldn't want that life. Uh, yeah, like someone asked, like, if you had a billion dollars, what would you do? Like, I don't know, like fucking overthrow some governments for like, <laughs> like real these quick. people who are billionaires are fucking weak, man. Like, <laughs> like if I had that much money, like, dude, th- I'd just be disrupting all sorts of shit. Like, here's some, like, you know, let's find these people doing good. Like, oh, you know, you're struggling for your three hundred thousand dollar, you know, a year you know, organization. How about I give you an endowment of fucking, you know, 50 million? What are you going to yeah. do with that? Like, imagine the good some of these people could do mm-hmm. if they just spent as much time giving away their money to good causes as they did accumulating Cum- it in yeah. the first place. And using people to get it. Hoarding. Yeah. Hoarding money. Well, this Hoarding has been worth. a great conversation, yes. Tristan. Thanks yes. uh, for joining us. I think, I think it's a good place for our first break, Caesar. Yeah, uh, first break, my song of the week. We're playing a little bit of DMX for, you know, the all dogs go to heaven guy. <laughs> what? Well, like, because DMX, like, where my dog's at, you know? And there's this meme where it's like, all dogs do go to heaven. Oh, I was, okay. you really threw me with that one. Yeah, I was like, I that knew, was on left I field, was rest, in, rest in peace, DMX. I knew yeah. he just passed away. Yeah. All dogs go to heaven. <laughs> I was connecting That shit was deep out of left field. Yeah, I couldn't. It works. Yeah, it, it was over like my head, it. bro. I was, but now that I'm there with you, yeah. I really appreciate it. <laughs> it took a, it took a second. Thanks for that walk, man. That was a journey. <laughs> well, what's your song? Uh, it's all good by DMX. Salute. So, listen. listen and enjoy. Salute. Love my niggas, but where's my bitches? Love my niggas, but where's my bitches? Love my niggas, but where's my bitches? I love my niggas, but where's my bitches? It's so good, it's so right. Fuck all day. Chickens is good for plucking, so I'm sticking bitches fucking. Got them tricking while they sucking, give them dick and they be fucking. I've done it all, from acting two holes on a three-way, uh-huh. Dominican holes on B-way, uh-huh. country holes in VA, and they all say the same about my game is tight. That's why every night a different group of bitches start a fight over some dick that they don't even own. All I'm giving them is the bone, blowing up a nigga's phone, but ain't nobody home. I'm in the zone trying to do things, let's turn this into a crew thing. What's up, girlfriend? You game? Don't wonder why when I leave it now. It's because I leave it now. I'm leaving bitches not breathing right. I fuck their head up with some slick shit. Hit them off with some long dick shit. Make it some quick shit, but rip shit. Then I'm out. It's like the trash on a Thursday. Knowing she'd be giving up the ass on the first day. It's all good. It's all right. Fuck all day. Fuck all night. Call my bitches, cause wherever I go, y'all my bitches. East to the West Coast, all my bitches. It's all good. Of bitches by the dozens, from sisters to cousins. Got them doing shit they said they wasn't ever gonna do. Like knowing I fucked the bitch that she was close to. Still gave up the ass and dope. She was supposed to. Pictures of bitches and flicks of chicks. Videos with the baddest hoes sucking dick. It's the dog and me that makes me do wrong. And these can't help but get strong. Cause the game is too strong. I like them greedy. Black like Edie. Eyes beady. Willing to give to the needy. And I ran through them all. From around the way bitches in them. Out of state hoes and even hitting gay bitches. All I tell them is let me get that. Then it's on. Knock a motherfucking poop. And then I'm gone. I got the white bitches saying it's a black thing. Cause I leave that hoe with no dough and plenty of back pain. It's all good. It's all right. Fuck all. Bitches 
who get props, cause they know who can get got, who they can get shot. By the way, your niggas slip drop. Walk up in the spot, no one wants you one strictly. When Hun wants to dickly, Hun comes and gets me. Hits me, pays me, doesn't get crazy. Knows to be swayzy, cause that's daddy's baby. I keep them hoes in check, like the government. Hitting them off of nothing but the dick, and they loving it. Hugging it, like it's their best friend, cause it is. Word to mix. Fucking with tricks is just biz. I deal with strictly dimes, got them committing their first crime. Now she sucking dick for the first time. And ain't no secret by how I freaked it when it sleeped it. Never knew how I peaked it, the dreamed it. That's how I know that this must be that shit. I tell them bitches, I'll be back, and they believe that shit. It's so good, it's alright. Fuck all day, fuck all night. Call my bitches, cause wherever I go, y'all my bitches, east to the west coast, all my bitches. It's so good, it's alright. Fuck all day, fuck all night. Call my bitches, cause wherever I go, y'all my bitches, east to the west coast, all my bitches. It's so good, it's alright. Fuck all day, fuck all night. Call my bitches, cause wherever I go, y'all my bitches, east to the west coast, all my bitches. It's so Welcome back. Uh, that was Caesar's song of the week. It's all good by DMX. Yeah. Also, R.I.P. to DMX. Yeah. Uh, flesh on my flesh, blood on my blood. Like that album was very nostalgic to me. It might not be his best one, but that's definitely like album cover was shot fantastic by Jonathan Man Manian. I don't know how to say his last name. He's done awesome covers as well, like Jay Z covers and things like that. But um, yeah, like I love that album. Nice. Um. Which album, what year did that come out? Do you remember? Like 96, 98, something like that. Okay. so No, okay. 98. I was a freshman in high school. All right. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. but was that, That's the one where he's covered in blood, right? Covered in blood, yeah. Yeah, my brother had that album. Yeah, yeah that, you guys in your freshman year just... We, we, had, we had a good year in music. <laughs> but in the funny story about that album cover, DMX didn't want to do it. And now it's like one of the most iconic album covers, like hip-hop album covers. So, you know, but salute to DMX. Yeah, yeah, so many going through his library the other day. So many bangers, mm-hmm. so many bangers, Dude, and like that slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. You know, it's just like it's like that was the first song I listened to when I heard he died. Yeah, uh, it was like a commercial too, like old lady. I think it was like something. I'm slipping, I slip and I fail. I'm slipping, I'm falling or something. It's like it was the old, life alert commercial. Yeah, yeah. I'm falling and I can't get up. Yeah, those are from when I was a kid, bro. Yeah, yeah. those are hella old. And then like he said, he took like that and like made it into you know something very deep, you know. Yeah. So. And he, you know, I had forgotten about this. Another, you know, it's been a long time. <laughs> it was like another thing that I, why I hated Jaw Rules. DMX had beef with Jaw Rule for the longest time because he thought he had stolen Jaw Rule's style. Like, this is why I hate Jaw Rule. He had, he had beef with DMX and 50 Cent. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 
I'm a child. Like someone my age, if you're like you're fucking with with whose side am I taking here? Am I gonna go against Fifty Cents and DMX, or am I gonna take Ja Rule's side, who's all these fucking holla, up these holla. fucking Ashanti music videos all the time for me? Uh, the other day, I showed the picture of Ashanti to Sean, and he's like, "I'm ha- it's a great picture because Ja Rule isn't there." <laughs> I was like, "Damn, the hatred is deep." Still. Oh, it's that real? Yeah, no. I always like to bring it up as like that's Sean's favorite. Plus, rapper. Dave Chappelle roasted him too. Like, what is Ja? Fit? You know, like <laughs> talking about the 9/11 MTV news had Ja Rule on after 9/11. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> anyway. No, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He I has did. a whole stand-up bit about it. Yeah. Oh, what? I missed this. Because <laughs> he lived in New York, and he's yeah. like, he's like, yeah. Kurt Loder is like going to Ja Rule. He's like, when in my fucking life have I ever wondered, like, what does Ja think about this? Like, uh, so let's oh, Dave Chappelle the goat. Yeah. God. I love Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that, there you go. That is, I mean, you don't like you. You don't even have commentary on that. Why is Ja Rule yeah. the first voice? Like, yeah, uh, like how many other people could you not get a hold of? Like, you know what? You know who we should go to for comment on this historical moment uh, and tragedy? Let's go see what Ja Rule thinks. He's got a great perspective on things. It would have been better if they just found a random New Yorker outside of the Viacom studio and be like, how do you feel about it? Ask one of those people at TRL. Ask one of the 14-year-olds there screaming for fucking Justin Timberlake. They'll have a better take than Ja Rule does. Or uh, Carson Daly, right? Was he doing the TRL back in the day? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh. Sad news that DMX died, but like, Mm -hmm. like we talked about last week, just... A crazy life, and he made great music from the pain and trauma of his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great music. Um, on the way here, on Sirius uh, Rock the Bells, the LO Cool Station, they just like redid their tribute to DMX, and they just took phone calls every day, uh, the whole time, and be like, "Tell us about your and how he affected you, how he inspiration he was, and just such positivity." And, awesome. and didn't you say that uh, again, Jay Z? Using your powers for good. Jay Z and Beyonce bought his masters, and they're they're gonna give them. So to his that's family. what I saw on the internet, and I hope it is true. Like uh, this this uh, hip hop guy shared it in the industry, so hopefully it's true. But yeah, it's like ten million dollars to get his masters, and then give it to his seventeen kids. I think he has. So they they split the proceeds from all of his music mm-hmm. in perpetuity. Yeah, own your masters, people, and that's very important. You know, don't let mm-hmm. the the guys hire top. You know, decide life for you. It's your music. It's your art. And then I have a crazy DMX story. So this, I, I texted my mom about this on Friday. Ooh. I was like, because you know, it was um, the party at the party up in here, mm-hmm. that song. And I remember one time, like being like, you know, I was in college and like being over at my parents' house. My mom like super mad at my brother and sister about something, <laughs> and she just went on and play, like put that song on. <laughs> While she was like yelling at them, whatever, like yeah, y'all gonna make me lose my mind. <laughs> Just like, oh my god, uh, yeah. that's that's my mom. If you guys don't, know, like, John's mom's tight. Like, just if and, you guys, uh, if just, you guys don't know, she, she was serious. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I was laughing because I wasn't in trouble. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I, I texted my mom like, do you remember doing that? And she was like, yeah. And she's like, I can't believe it. I saw what happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But. Rest in peace, the D-Max. R.I.P. Yonkers, one of Yonkers' finest. But, uh, and good news, I hadn't heard this, but this makes sense, and it's super cool. LeBron James Production Company, they're going to remake House Party? Yes, and House Party, if you guys don't know, very classic kid-and-play um, you know, movies. They did a bunch like Class Act, House Party 1 and 2, Martin Lawrence was in it, uh, 
uh, Tina from Martin so Lichter. many so people, many up and coming people were in it. And like House Party started, House Party was one of the first teen movies, like transitioning from like the teen movies of the eighties mm-hmm. to like the nineties, like more current form of like the teen movie. Yeah. It's, you know, it's about you know two kids throwing a party when their parents are out of town. Yeah. Like, and the infamous dance moves. And I love it when they were like, the guys are battling the girls dancing. Like, it's such an awesome, awesome movie. Like, that movie and Karate Kid shaped how I thought high school was going to be <laughs> when I was a kid in like 1988. So you were going to dance and get bullied? <laughs> yeah. It was just like crazy wild bullies and, and it, driving Jeeps with in tank tops. <laughs> And then, like, you know, like... Is that just... not what high school was like for you? Because, I mean, this is kind of hitting home. What's <laughs> not their Spanish phrase? Uh, you, you know uh, what? <laughs> I'm not... I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. the, I guess things didn't change much in the 10 years between when this movie came out yeah. and when I was in high school. <laughs> but, yeah, like, so I just I just hope he, they, he does good, you know, because there's a lot of... Everyone just doing remakes on things. And... You know, hopefully he's just done well. I think House Party's old enough that, like, you could remake it now and, and it would be, be cool because, like, you could change it, you know, to fit. Because obviously, if you watch that now, like, high school's not like that. It's in, like, the culture, like, things have changed yeah. since then. Mm-hmm. There's so many, you know, they could, don't they go to the wax museum to escape, like, to that's, run away from the bullies? That's class act, I think. Is that class act? Yeah, that's the one they're running. From, uh, oh, the drug dealers. Yeah, exactly. That's I'm the getting, one. I'm getting my late 80s. <laughs> yeah. No, that that one that I'm, one's I'm, class act uh, where they they switch. They have to they switch roles pretty much. Okay. And okay. then uh, like something happens and their pictures go on different files. Salutes to kid play, <laughs> yeah. bro. I loved Dude. them when I was a kid. Yeah, they have a hip hop album too, and like ah. it's it's okay. Like, <laughs> but uh, but they have something, you know, and like um, sometimes. Uh, is it Kid, the one with the flat top? High top fade. Yeah, him. He's Sometimes he's on like those VH1s where it's yeah. like they reminisce about the 90s or whatever. Dude, I, I, the VH2 two of them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> When's the last time anyone watched that? I don't They're have probably access a lot of to anything VH1, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I don't, how do you watch VH1? You know what my girlfriend does? Because she watches a I mean, show I, on, uh, yeah, she watches like the RuPaul? RuPaul's mm-hmm. Drag Races on there. So uh, she does have the app on one of the mm-hmm. TVs, I think. But, yeah, uh, but back when I had cable before streaming took over everything, like he was on those VH ones, like reminiscing. Remember on in that. high school when you would flip between like BT, VH1, and MTV to see which one had the best music videos yes. playing? Uh-huh. You, you know, when you got home from school in the afternoon, like yeah, that was like the basement, like <laughs> yeah. t- Tigga, wherever you at, like <laughs> come back. If then uh, AJ and Free, I miss you guys <laughs> from 106 and Park. Yeah, damn. And like, yeah, wow. you're like, this conversation's gone all over the place. Yeah, that's what we do here at the Honeycomb Hideout. What's, what's hey. the next thing? Oh, K-Swiss might be making a comeback. Speaking of nostalgia. Like, I wear my K-Swiss. Yeah. So you know how the classic white-on-white K-Swiss that everybody the one, wore? The ones yep. I had in 1999? Exactly. Fuck so, yeah, I do. So YG just did a photo shoot uh, with K-Swiss at, at the Compton Country Club. And... Everyone's predicting that it's going to be the hot summer all white shoe. And also, shout out to all the people that did know that it no longer was in style, but have been rocking case swisses this whole time. Still, yeah, it's like like Uggs or Lugs. Lugs. You know, like shoes shift demographics. Like 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 New Balance definitely has a demographic now, and it's like barbecuing dads for sure. Yeah, I've definitely. What demographic did K Swiss switch to? Because I sell them at Walmart. 
Yeah, I, I I feel like they're pretty widely available. They're so, just like a normal and they're not shoe expensive. now. Yeah, like so. back then it was like a like stylish shoe mm-hmm. for like young people. Yeah, and now it's just it you makes know. me want to frame my shoe right now to the camera because like all those commercials, are like I wear my K Swiss and it's zooming on their K Swiss. <laughs> yes, and they're stomping. Mm-hmm. I mean, some, stomping around their. So white on white K Swisses with the gold lettering. That's just clean, bro. Yes, yes, yeah, really. I mean, I've got no problem with case wisdom. <laughs> I don't either. That's what I'm saying. Like, because that's an affordable shoe. I, I don't know. I'm probably just going to keep buying bands. It's like, it's like, champ- you like what you like. It's like with Ch- Champion becoming no, super trouble. popular. Yeah. We're like, Champion again. was like that the whack. weird. The Champion was the whack. If you had some Champion shit on in like 1993. Dude, like, I've got some starter jackets somewhere. I know mm-hmm. it. Dude, you could sell those. I know. Like if you find them. You can make so much money in a My mom doesn't starter. get rid of anything. So, like, I was thinking the about it. pullover starters from the 90s. Dude, your, your mom's sitting I'm just on a gold for mine. Big right Dog. Now. Do you remember that brand, Big Dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If that ever, if it, or if it is, I should talk to Chris Price. I don't know. He knows all that kind of stuff. I got, like, a, I got a vintage guy. So, if you, a, you, need, you need, boom. I only got one. I mean, we could use a few. I got to get this thing. <laughs> get it a price. Antique Roadshow. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm getting Try my best dollar for, for my, <laughs> my Animaniacs. Converse or whatever I got <laughs> in there, oh, dude. That's yeah, funny. no, like if you do have a lot of stuff, some people are just sitting dude, on gems. Do you have any idea how much like a fresh pair of like uh, what was this Tasmanian Devil Chuck Taylors would be worth right now? Probably, dude, so much money. And I rocked those like pair after pair after <laughs> pair. Like I know exactly which ones you're talking about. I would, they would go bad, and I would be like, I need nope. another one, mom. Salute to the Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian. How tight was he when we were kids? He give no fucks. He's still so tight. <laughs> like, I, I feel bad for kids who didn't grow up with the Tasmanian Devil in their life. Like he doesn't little... walk. He tornadoes places. <laughs> like, just the like most unfuckable with thing. Like, <laughs> as a kid, like if you're the ta- like, what's fucking with the Tasmanian Devil when he's in his little tornado thing? Bug, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, besides I mean, cool ass Bugs Bunny there. Yeah, well, Bugs Bunny was like the Superman of that universe. Like, yes, you, you smoking fuck. carrots. Exactly. <laughs> I was gonna say like, just smoking carrots. Like, I'm surprised <laughs> I don't smoke because I loved yeah. Bugs Bunny <laughs> just coming out with the carrot in his mouth. Yeah. Like, what's up, man? My guy, <laughs> why are you going so fast? You know, Bugs Bunny was the smoothest gangster ever. Just always with the carrot, just like never super calm, never losing his cool in any situation. His antics were fantastic. Like. He's he's a, he's the boss of bosses. Yeah, Bugs nah, Bunny. So shoot that guy was basically his his main. <laughs> yeah, not dog. Uh, it's not me. It's him. It's this guy you right shoot, here. You wouldn't want to shoot him yeah, over the there. The guy with the cigar. Everyone should be more like Bugs Bunny in their life. Just cool, just cucumber, just getting that vitamin A. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> just check out his girl. You know. The, oh yeah, that was the only thing. That was his only weakness. Yeah, his only kryptonite. Yeah. What was her name? Babs. 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 Did you did you guys hear that controversy on Space Jam and Babs? Yeah, they made her. Like, I mean, I'm fine. Like they desexualized her. Or, like, yeah, her and everyone of... was complaining she wasn't as curvy as she was in the old Space Jam. Well, everyone who's complaining is weird. Yeah, that it's, is strange. It's a yeah. cartoon. It's a cartoon, and if you are complaining about it, it then for, you're... and also, also, <laughs> it's a kids' cartoon. Yes. Yeah. If you're complaining about the features of a character in a kid's cartoon mm-hmm. because it's not sexy enough uh there's check your sex. <laughs> there's, there's some problems uh, there well, yeah. it's a little problematic it's, problematic. <laughs> it's not not sexy enough. yeah no it was i was like real. i thought it was fake i thought it was like a, and i looked into it and it there's like is. all this no like, I, all these comments that are like what are you doing to babs like i remember looking at it like it's one of those things. It's like suggestion. Like people weren't really hype about it, but somebody was like, "I bet you I could get this." And 
And people are like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah, one person heard like they wait, changed, they changed. Why did they change that? I loved her. Speaking of, wasn't that the the that LeBron remake hasn't come out? yet. It comes out uh, in a week or two. Yeah, it's it's like re- really soon. I'm you know I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Like these oh, are old enough. Yeah, dude. these are old enough that you know mm-hmm. redoing them is gonna it, it'll be. It's not too soon. We're overdue for Space Jam. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad it's LeBron. Every I'm just you know the soundtrack is what I'm looking for. This yeah, this original Space Jam soundtrack was, was fire. fire. There's gonna be some uh, Dame Dalla on there. I, oh, I hope so. That would be tight. The best rapper in the NBA. It would only make sense. Ever. They're homies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, know, yeah. Dame Dalla. Because he's in the. I saw a thing. He's in the movie, so mm-hmm. maybe he's on the soundtrack. Dude, I'm, hopefully he's on the soundtrack. Yeah. I'm a Trailblazer to... fan, man. Portland. Are you nice? Through nice. Rip City. Good. Nice. So, I'm a Warrior fan, but like, so let's see. Like, yeah. I love you know. Uh, Damian yeah. Lillard's Stuck my through. favorite non. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's my favorite non. You know, warrior. Yeah. No. From Oakland. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I love Damian Lillard. When uh, maybe next year, when everything's good, let's go take a trip to go see the Blazers. <laughs> oh hell yeah, dude! Because me so and Salty sick. Brad have been wanting to go, and like, um, you know, salute to you, Salty. Let's let's make some moves. Yeah, we're gonna go watch them watch the Warriors, not the Grizzlies, because <laughs> that's Brad's team. Yeah. As good as you know, John Morant, you know, they're a good squad, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Speaking of basketball, <laughs> here we go. We got great transitions today. See? Paul Pierce was fired from ESPN. Did you, did you see this video of him partying, dude? No. He like posted an Instagram that. live video of him partying with like strippers and like smoking weed he and like fucked up. he's just super fucked up mm-hmm. and like just a lot of questionable things going on in the background and like dude Jesus and Mero were like why is that girl twerking by herself in front of the staples chair it was such a good I gotta see this video I can't believe this guy fucking put like dude he went Instagram live with it and like people were commenting like you're watching like what are you doing man he's like over his shoulder he's like fucked up his eyes are all red he has a girl on one shoulder over this other shoulder this girl is just twerking on the floor next to an empty like desk chair and you see like another guy's foot feet over dude it's so funny and And he just pauses there for a while too and yeah, then he, he was smoking another video. Oops! And then he posted a like his he posted a video mm-hmm. like uh, after getting fired of him like being like you know smile like ah shit <laughs> yes. like he was just like he had too much fun and just posted it and should and Disney didn't like it. Yeah, you work for no, Disney, bro. That's, that's not that's not on brand. No. <laughs> Uh, wow, dude! dude the I'm videos, looking forward to that one. Watch the video. Yeah, it's so watch the, the Jesus and Marrow clip of it yeah. because they, they really break it down <laughs> and, and zoom in on some things. Where you're just like, there's so much going on here. Yeah, why? Like, yeah. You know. oh, oh, so it's got rewatch potential for sure. <laughs> yes. And the funny that you would think like a young person would do this, but like Paul Pierce is like 45 years old oh, or something. Probably pushing 50. He's like, not. Th- I don't think he's that old. He's been a name in basketball from like, for as long from like I think he was drafted in like '97. So he he yeah he's he's a good you know five ten years older than us mm-hmm. and he, he for him to post this Instagram live yeah yeah well you know. I, I'm so grateful on his feet so far that I have not who, who do you think is gonna pick him up oh he'll probably have to chill out for a while. Before he gets picked up by like some regional network TNT. in Boston, TNT. <laughs> he'll hey, be on TNT this hey, season. Hey, Paul Pierce, if you want to work for tips, come to up in the mix. <laughs> we got you. We we'll got I don't you. think he needs money that bad. <laughs> from give, from the video, I think he's doing fine monetary. <laughs> <laughs> he can't live that lifestyle here in Reno, bro. 
Oh, no. <laughs> uh, he probably would. He, he, no, he could. He could. Ever. That's the problem. And nobody would know. That's the thing, you know? He would get too wild. He'll, he'll be in the back He obviously couldn't here. handle it before. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, oh, so moving good. right along. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a movie of the week this week, I watched it last night. It's our boy Idris Elba has a new movie on Netflix featuring uh, the kid from Stranger Things mm-hmm. is the is the main character. Uh, it's called Concrete Cowboys, based on a true story of like these cow like cowboys and and horse trainers that live in like North Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. Like we enjoyed it. Like no, that's on my list, and it's it's funny. It just um, came out. Yeah, um, these BMXers one time they took a trip to like Philly. And there was just these guys riding horses. Yeah. And the thing, they still have a law where, like, horses can still be in the they city. Have, they have, like, like, in that. the movie, they show, like, them riding mm-hmm. with, like, the BMXers and stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, it's awesome that yeah. there's still, like, cowboys in, like, you know, urban cities like that. I mean, yeah. Like, when it started, I'm like, where is this? This yeah. feels like it's in the South. Yeah. I'm still wrapping my mind around the premise <laughs> right so right? What, so what is it about tell us about it i know it's like uh, a, it's so like basically a this kid yeah like lives in detroit and like keeps getting in trouble at school so his mom like sends him to live with his dad in philadelphia and his dad is like one of these cowboys who lives like horse trainers mm-hmm. and they have like stables and it kind of tells like the story of the culture i don't want to give anything away but like there used to be a lot of them and like explains the story and how they evolved and like why they're there and you know how they've gotten rid of them like gentrification so it's kind of about gentrification but they also have like real people that are in the the like that they base this place on Mm -hmm. from that place play characters in the movie and you don't know until after the movie's over like which one of them are real and like shares their stories and stuff. So it's pretty, it was like crazy. This like little subculture that you would never know about or hear Mm -hmm. about. And it just explains uh, like how it came about and like what they do. Like they're, you know, they work with the youth and it's like a way to to get kids off the street and give them something to do just like anything else. But uh, in the movie, you know, Method Man is also in it. Mm -hmm. Um, he plays an interesting character that you would not picture Method Man playing. Tight. So okay. it's great. Like he, he's expanding his acting. Good job, Clifford. Like listening to him talk, I'm, like his character, I'm like, damn, this is the opposite of you in real life. <laughs> like you're, you're, like this dude's getting be a, a good, a better and better actor. So yeah, and hopefully he he becomes Johnny Blaze in the Marvel universe. I mean, he's on his way. Yeah, he's hard body karate. He's He's working out tough. He like his character is not one of the main characters, Mm -hmm. but he it's. I mean, he's a supporting character and he's believable. Like you don't think of him, you know, as Method Man, especially the character he's playing. So yeah, it's great. That's good that he's like in the cowboy movie because he's Decalion Stallion. Decalion Stallion. Boom boom. (laughs) Salute you, Clifford Smith. And salute to Hip Hop Johnny on our on our old. Softball team, we were called the Wu Tang Killer Bees, and we all had different nicknames. Yeah, I and he had Tacalian Stallion on the back of his jersey. Yeah, that was what his said. Tight. Mm-hmm. So oh, makes sense. Or Johnny Hot Nickels. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. John John Bacardi should have pulled the ice. A name like New York, you got to name it twice. Well, uh, before <laughs> we go, nicknames. <laughs> yeah. Salute. I mean, was there any Big Baby Jesus? Old Dirk. Yeah, someone was. I think someone was Old Dirk McGurk. Okay. Someone was. Uh, um, someone might have been there might have been a big baby Jesus one. We yeah, we all had different Wu Tang like that's the thing. Like they have so many mm-hmm. um 
Some yeah. good ones. So yeah. many good ones. Yeah. I had a Big Baby Jesus poster. Big Baby Jesus. <laughs> so good. He was so cool. Mm-hmm. Salutes to you, old Dirty Master. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Another legend. All right, our petty move of the week, Caesar. What do we got this week? Salute to Miles Walker, owner of AOK Walker Auto Body, who gave his former employee his last check and all pennies. Over is that? Am I reading that right? Ninety thousand pennies. Yeah. So it's like, uh, <laughs> dude. Yeah, a wheelbarrow of pennies showed up in his driveway for his last check. So it was like a how toss. bad of a worker was this guy? So I guess the I guess the work he the worker complained that it was like a toxic work environment and he didn't do anything about it. Then he, I think he went to the labor board and then got him in trouble. So, so it, to prove that it wasn't a toxic work environment, he gave him a wheelbarrow of fucking pennies and oiled pennies and he took him like two hours to clean and to finally take out the bank. And it was like 900 and something dollars and the bank just rounded him up to a thousand bucks. Wow. That's like easier up. to like do it. Like we're not, we're not, <laughs> We're just gonna give you ninety thousand pennies. We're not doing eight hundred. Oiled up like motor oil. Well, because they work, they work in an auto body auto place, body, yeah. and like to even fuck with them more, he gave them all oily ass pennies. Because the bank wouldn't take it. If I'm not like an, I'm up. not an expert in uh, HR, human re- resources, <laughs> or anything, but that sounds like a toxic work environment. Is this a local? This isn't a local. No, it's body, in right? Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Georgia. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I know. Right over here. A A O K. You want to go talk to Miles? A O K Walker Auto Body. Hey, they they're hiring people out in Georgia. Where did he job. Where did he procure those pennies? He went to the bank. He had, I, I guess. They had nine grand that. Nine hundred, yeah. Nine, nine hundred. And we might pennies. take them a while. We'd be like, sorry, sir, we don't have 90,000 pennies. How we'll many banks come did back he go and, to? Come back in a week. Yeah, maybe. But, like, do banks really have pennies nowadays? Like, nobody really, you know? They have to have, I'm guessing, a couple bucks worth of pennies <laughs> later. Maybe not ninety thousand. A couple bucks. <laughs> he just went all over the beautiful state of Georgia to every bank he could, every gas station. No, I guarantee you, the bank could. had to like be like, come back in three days while we yeah. round up all these pennies, sir. Yeah. But then why would the bank like, dude? Because it's a service. That's what they legally have to do. Uh, and when you're done with your petty move, Miles, could you ask him to bring the pennies back here? <laughs> yeah. Because those all, are all of our pennies. Yeah. These are all of Georgia's pennies. <laughs> this is all of Georgia's pennies. We need to give them back. So whenever you guys are done with whatever The entire southeastern, <laughs> southeast of the United States is penny penny, has a penny shortage. Cause whenever this exchange wraps up. <laughs> they're all fucking this guy's wheelbarrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, fucking petty as shit. I like it. <laughs> Damn, we haven't had a penny move like that in a while. Good job. Yeah, so a little research at Magpie Oof. this morning with my little coffee. Oh, that shit is crazy. <laughs> well, uh, keeping with the theme, my uh, my song of the week this week is my favorite DMX song. It's "No Sunshine" by DMX. It's off the Exit Wounds soundtrack, starting Steven Seagal. Uh, such a shitty movie, but you should definitely watch it. Dragon was in it too, right? <laughs> yeah. And they were in quads jumping from a uh, parking garage, parking garage. Ah! Don't give it away, Caesar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, listen to oh No Sunshine God. and enjoy. It's dark and hell is hot. Ain't no sunshine when it's on. Darkness 
sunshine when it's on Cause when it's on, you niggas know to be gone Every time, cause we don't play Who turn out the lights is what niggas be saying Now you don't wanna fight, but y'all niggas be playing Thinking it's alright, keep playing with that rope And you gon' know tonight when you land in that hole Dirt getting tossed in your grave, now it's all over Preacher said you was brave, but now it's all over Preacher, one of the many, plenty, I done gave it to Ain't no saving you, no matter how many tears your mom's cry Ain't gon' bring your ass back, plus in hell you gon' cry Why? But now the only two relative questions is if we bury him a bird. Any suggestions? Either way, you up out of here for good. Now when niggas mention your name, they knocking on wood. Did I get my point across? Another body on the shoddy, another joint I toss. Ain't no sunshine in this home. Only darkness every day. Sunshine when it's on, cause when it's on, your niggas know to be gone every time, cause we don't play. Yeah, every time, cause we don't play. Yeah, every time, cause we don't play. It ain't no sunshine when the dark man comes out And I want mine, so I plan to keep my gun out We got four nines, four niggas running and run out But I bust mine, cause I'd like to hear some shout Get at me dog, niggas know I was going dizzy When it comes to that flow, I get busy Who is it? Dark man of the unknown <sighs> One dog, one bone Now who ain't going home? Looks like you Strike one, talking shit, strike two Won't be a strike three, cause I don't play fair I'ma look you in your eye while he hit you from the rear Be like, yeah, holding you up, it's your fault Lord ain't coming, so nigga stop calling You was ballin' a minute ago, in it for dough Till it was yo, I swear to God I didn't know Ain't no sunshine in this home Only darkness every day Sunshine when it's on, cause when it's on, your niggas know to be gone every time, cause we don't play. Yeah, every time, cause we don't play. Yeah, every time, cause we don't play. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know what you think you gon' get. Fuck around with my dough, just so it ain't no mistakes. This is my show. One, One two, two, three, here I go. Your shit is quick and your shit is slick, but this shit is thick. If you hear this shit damn right, I can finish it. If you caught that verse without a rewind, you can see mine, but you'll be blind. I'll do it 360 and come up behind. Tap you on your shoulder, have you turning around. Hit you with something that'll have you burning the ground. Be like, damn, ain't nothing left for money but a pile of ass. Life is good. Please enjoy it while it lasts Cause you know you ain't got much longer to go The quicker you go depends on the stronger the flow When niggas know I don't give a fuck right or wrong When ain't no sunshine when it's on Ain't no sunshine when it's on Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when it's on Cause when it's on your niggas know to be Every 
welcome back guys that was sean's song of the week and it was no sunshine uh by dmx featuring seagal in the background <laughs> chopping people in the neck yeah watch the music video uh it has clips from the movie which again you should definitely go watch when you have some time to kill because i'm sure it's terrible but uh in, i like in terrible movies yeah, yeah in a good way steven seagal it's p it's like wait what movie is it it's like, called exit wounds mm-hmm. oh yeah, you might not remember it because <laughs> not it, that good. It's not that good. But no, I don't think I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely like <laughs> post peak Steven Seagal. Yeah, because it's like two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah, obviously they sample you know the great Bill Withers, "Ain't No Sunshine," but this song is much darker. Even though it's good. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a good song, but uh, the movie I can't say the same for. So yeah, like I said, Dragon was like in a quad jumping from. Like parking garages, and there's like a lot of Steven Seagal's, uh, you know, trademark cheesiness and him being a fucking fake badass. But mm. at least he's not wearing those yellow shitting glasses that he does all the time now. Fuck Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I like how it's been kind of dancing around that the whole time, and then finally just Sean was like, "Fuck him." You know what? Actually, put him in the same category. You and Jaw. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. You and Jaw, same yeah. category. Fuck you guys. <laughs> There is one cool scene in the movie where DMX runs on a wall using a chain and does like a flying, spinning jump kick into someone. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was the extent of uh, what I remember from the movie. The plot, who knows? Yeah. Steven Seagal is a, is a traffic cop at the beginning for some reason. and He probably up, got like demoted or something. I'm sure. He, he looks like a traffic cop. Yeah, like I don't want to be mean, but like, and he doesn't look like a movie star, action star. He yeah. looks like yeah. a so then when he starts doing actiony stuff, I'm just not sold. He's also not is that he doesn't look like he's fast when he does action stuff either. <laughs> Dude, did you guys ever watch? Uh, what was it? Mad TV always made fun of. Yeah, him. <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. you see, like Wesley Snipes or some of these other martial artists, Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah. yeah. Like, those guys look like badasses. Uh-huh. Steven Seagal no. really, really thought he was a badass. <laughs> what was that movie where he like got paralyzed and they did acupuncture? Then he like came back. I forgot what it was fucking called. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? No idea. <laughs> I don't think I'll be watching that one either, though. <laughs> Hard he, pass. I, think, I think it was a cop in that one too. I love no way. I, I, oh, you're right. <laughs> Steven Skull plays a cop. Yeah, I like watching cheesy movies because they may make me laugh, you know. And it's yeah. just like someone paid a lot of money to make this, and it's just like to be a serious action movie. And I, I treat it. I as can't a, wait to as a comedy. When we're done with this, to go look through all of Steven Seagal's shitty movies <laughs> in the nineties. <90s. laughs> See, that would be that would be a fun party where it was just Steven Seagal movie night, and you just play bad Steven Seagal movies. Oh my gosh! What would you have for food in there? Um, oh, a, a bunch of shit from the eighties. We're smoking and 90s. weed, so snacks. <laughs> <laughs> like, <yeah>. What would be? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't, I'm, I can't tab. Right now. We're gonna a have tab. Food. Tab cola. A bunch or, of uh, royal <laughs> royal cola. RC cola. RC Dude, or shut the up. cherry RC cola is so good. <laughs> You know that when it's available, you're like, yeah. I got to get it. Every time. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Or the clear Pepsi or Coke. What? Clear Pepsi would be a good thing to have. New there. Coke. New Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some Coke, too. <laughs> some snack packs. Is that? Ooh, snack packs. Yeah. That make, was that the 90s? I was born in 88. I don't know. Yeah. So, and the, what are the crackers with the little cheese thing? Oh, uh, yeah, the cheese crackers. I forget what they are. Do you but... remember the weird ones where it was like a cheese cracker, but you put peanut butter on it, and it's like 
you, but yeah. that's so good. Yeah, it was so good. The cheese uh-huh. peanut I mean, butter crackers. And plus, as a as a kid, you you combine anything together. So true. I don't know. Like, oh look, there's some fake cheese on these salty ass crackers and this little plastic thing to spread it out. Sign me up. This is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And then you drain it with Coca Cola. Like, no wonder we're all like Capri this. Sun, son. Capri Sun. Come on, dude. I've been Coca Cola forever. Look at this body, dude. <laughs> Built on Coca Cola. Tristan, yeah. we're gonna transition here. Okay. It is time for the meandering questions portion Check. of the show, where we ask you uh, some questions and we just you know give us. Your honest answers. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. They're hard headed because <laughs> these are the they used to be hot hot seat questions and now they're meandering. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You or me? Uh, go ahead, Caesar. Your favorite way to partake in cannabis? I like dabs. <laughs> I uh, I dab. I would prefer my favorite way would be nice big quartz bucket. E nail a torch. I don't care. Insert. Directional Swirl. cap. Mm-hmm. Just fill it up. Pass that around. Oh, my God. Perfect temp. Dabs are the way it is. It's All right. Nice. Thank you. for Yeah. See? <clears throat> Next question. <laughs> Would you prefer a pizza or a cheeseburger? Cheeseburger. Every time. Burger's yeah. like one of my favorite foods. And uh, where's your favorite cheeseburger in Reno? Oh, no. Uh, that's a tough one, man. Favorite cheeseburger in Reno mm-hmm, mm-hmm. might be uh, the black and blue burger at Great Basin. Ooh. Mm. Okay. That's one of my favorite That's restaurants. a classic. That's been there for a long time. And I yeah. get that burger quite often. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. That's the one with blue cheese and... Yeah. Blackening seasoning. Yeah. Just... All right. Sometimes you go crazy, add some bacon, you know, <laughs> spend the dollar. It's good. I, I, I love it when a hamburger is like a heart attack. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of... Dude, caloric intake is out of the. Well, you don't want to like go half. So like you get a you get a burger and you're like, it's ground beef, it's it's bread, it's cheese, it's it is what it is. It's mm-hmm. a hearty ass meal. So then you're like, what are you gonna go light on that? No. <laughs> yeah, it's a special occasion. Yeah, eat the burger, get the good one. Give me I don't know. give me the bacon. Yeah. But I'm also I fucking love food. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just, I, I yeah I have to limit myself to like two burgers a month or something. Oh. Because it's so easy to just eat great yeah. burgers like all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, dude. I was like, good thing that there's always a line at In N Out because it always sounds good. <laughs> like I'd be like, oh yeah, I could do In N Out. No, it's all right. Like you see the line, it's the only reason I don't eat In N Out every time I drive by. The line is crazy. Go inside. We we actually oh, yeah, did you that. Could, you know, but like, don't just it's my deterrent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. Uh, I won't tell the story then. I won't tell the story then. <laughs> oh, okay. Because uh, I mean, I went and waited in line. Brandon was like, fuck this. Went inside, got our food, and. While I was still in line, came back out, brought our food, just left. Oh, dang. That's the way to do it. So you weren't deep in line that you couldn't get out? Oh, no. You got to be careful. Yeah. Because once you're past the point of no return. But it was kind of one of those ones I was being stubborn. I was like, no, the drive-thru will go quicker. I didn't even get close. He had food ready to go. I was like, damn it. He's right about everything. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) All right. Next question, Caesar. Three essentials you can't leave the house with other than your phone. Other than my phone? Headwear. I need some sort of hat or beanie. Agree. Same thing for me. Uh, water bottle. Or else, because if I forget my water bottle, I'm this is bad. I'm stopping and getting a diet soda probably six times throughout the day. <laughs> I don't stop and get a water from the store because you know plastic water bottles are bad. So then right. I just chug plastic well soda bottles. So, and then uh, I mean, 
I want to say something weed, but it's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Next question. Then this kind of piggybacks off the last one or the, the one before. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant in Reno Sparks area? I don't know. We have some good ones, but I would I might go back to Great Basin just from childhood on to now. That is a staple restaurant. That's so good. I love the brewery. Dude, their wings. Yeah, they got a menu, like top. To the bottom. beer cheese soup's good too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, I can't, I can't compare it. That's my favorite. Great basin. Great basin. Solid. All right. No compromising. Mm-hmm. Go with your gut. Follow <laughs> <laughs> your heart. Yes. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Stop time. Mm. Ooh. Do you? You yeah. guys might be too young for this. There used to be a show when I was a kid. Where this girl had the powers, and when like she put her two fingers together, it would freeze time, but she could still move around. Yes. And that I feel like I'm picturing that that would be your superpower. Yeah. That Maybe would be not. Great. That yeah. would be. I mean, I don't know exactly the desire to do with it, other than just to like have time. But I feel like, I mean, flying would be cool, but it's kind of limited and pretty terrifying. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of ways it could go wrong. And breathing, yeah. breathing underwater, also like, yeah, like super cool party trick, I guess. But like, <laughs> <laughs> how like, useful is it? Yeah, like stop time. You're like, like you're really bum broke. Like, I don't know if I would be like a, a, an evil criminal, but I might go swipe a few off the top of the bank <laughs> or take know, a nap. I'd Robin, I'd Robin Hood it. Oh, I would be taking naps. Like, yeah, yeah I'd be getting all sorts of stuff done. No. Like. <laughs> It's yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing too horrible. Yeah. Stop time. Get get some sleep in. Dude, especially as we get older, time is so valuable. Like when we're kids, it felt like we had infinity amount of time. Like it never went anywhere. And now it's just like I don't have time. Dude, for nothing. Anything. Nothing yeah. makes me matter than someone wasting my fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Precious resource. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good, great answer, Tristan. Like, yeah. I never I mean, thought of that. No, oh it's, man. It's funny that you say breathing underwater. And shitty movies. I saw Waterworld again the other night, and I was like, "This is so horrible." Isn't it on Netflix? Or it's something? on Netflix. Yeah. I seen it. I saw it that it came back as as background, you know. And I was like, "Man, I'd watch it again." No, I, I watched it. It was, you know, because isn't that what's his name? The bad guy, Dennis Hopper. Yes, it, I feel I, like he's I entertaining love, as the bad guy. I love him as a bad guy, like Speed. That uh, all the other ones. Are... Wait, he could breathe underwater. So Kevin, he had like a thing. No, didn't he? Kevin Costner Kevin could Costner, breathe he was like underwater. A he was like a mutant, they call him, and he had gills. Yeah, I, I don't remember this movie well enough. It'll be a good rewatch. It's pretty shitty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it bad? Yeah. But Is it I, bad enough to be good? Yeah. Yes. Like, like, yes. Yeah, because I watched it like a couple years ago. Yeah. I mean, we're like, yeah. oh, I haven't seen this. Oh, yeah, this is fucking it's, terrible. It's like post-apocalyptic uh, glaciers melt. Because nothing's worse when you actually kind of get into a movie and then it ends up being bad. Like, you just want it to be a train wreck if it's going to be a bad movie to yeah. watch. Right. There's a fine line. Because if it sucks you in and it's, like, good at it the beginning. It can't get too shitty <laughs> where it's, like, like oh, ridiculous. Yeah. But you, you, you want to you be just good enough that you can watch it, but, like, also know it's not going to get better. Yeah. Plenty to laugh at. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I was laughing a lot, for sure. <laughs> What's well, a world full of water? Mm-hmm. What do we do? <laughs> Funny. What are you doing? <laughs> All right. All right. Last question. We got. I'm trying to read from far away, but I can't. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Do you have a self care slash beauty routine or any products you use beyond just basic ass soap? Um, dude. I mean, 
no. <laughs> no, man. And I like wash my face with water. Like, I don't even use like shampoo. I mean, I buzz cut, right? But like, mm-hmm. no, man. Like, I don't spend money on like soaps and lotions and stuff. I had really bad acne. And like, I was like on drugs to get rid of it and all this stuff. And then finally, I was like, just done. And that's when it went away, when I stopped doing stuff. Mm. And ever since then, I've kind of just taken like a less is more approach. Like, just <laughs> so I don't know. Like, uh, I have a bar of pretty fresh soap, but like, <laughs> I take a lot of baths, though. So, like, I'm all about my bath stuff. So, mm-hmm. I've got like nice, like, bath soaks and Epsom salts and all that kind of See? stuff. See, that's so, what I'm talking about. Because yeah, I remember yeah. you, you did mention, we asked this to everyone, yeah. but you mentioned like a bath bomb or something. Yeah, then you oh, yeah, girlfriend remembered you when you mentioned that. So, well, yeah, yeah, the weed bath. Do it. There's a, there, <laughs> there are, and I, they're kind of hard to come by. And they're definitely difficult to make. You couldn't make a THC, salt, water-soluble THC at home. So it's like one of those things you got to buy. But if you get off your hands on a, on a bath bomb or bath salts or any of those things, that's CBD, THC, especially women, for reasons you can find out on your own. It's <laughs> um, just really effective, and it's so nice, man. Just like your, your skin... Your skin alone just absorbs, and so you're, like, literally yeah. soaking in it. And, yeah, so, like, you have, like, that magnesium, which already relaxes the hell out of you. And then THC, just chilling. CBD, it's great. So what you're telling me, just baths makes you look like Brad Pitt? <laughs> that's There we go. Circle back around to the Brad Pitt. Yeah. If that's Full what circle. it is. There you go. Ba- bathe to be Brad. <laughs> He's got a slogan too. Yeah. There we go. Oh. Congratulations. That's the hindering questions. You made it. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> oh, that was funny. That was good. Well, uh, this week in racism, which we haven't had in a couple weeks, so we got two this week. Dude, like, like I said, so you want to share yours? So, this guy from Buffalo, I believe, this like a news guy, um, has a show on the radio or something. Rob Lederman compared Holly Berry's skin tone to burnt toast. Why? That's my first question. Yeah, and like he was just talking about like Serena Williams as well, and just all these women, beautiful women of so color. So this random white guy was just talking about black women's skin tones, and then he he's fired, obviously. But yeah, and like, but like, okay. like why are they? Why is he like burnt? To, like what the fuck? Ah. Uh. What? Yeah. In what like in what con- in what context? <laughs> yeah, like what led him down this path? I Why know. is her name in your mouth? First of all, <laughs> yeah. like, what Halle Berry news are we discussing? I don't like. I don't know that this guy, this white guy from Buffalo, has to. And say. then he's got a shader over her skin tone. Yeah. And then compare it to toast, like a dickhead. Mm-hmm. I don't and know. And then also brought Serena Williams into this mess too. Yeah. How was yeah. she involved? Uh, he was just like talking about these women, and he said. You know, and he apologized, like, oh, I'm st- like, you know, whatever. But he still got fired compared to him, you know, like. Whatever. Good riddance. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> couldn't have happened to a better person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucked up shit people fucking do. Buddy. I just don't know how this is just, I just, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I you... mean, burnt toast is such a weird. Yeah. Anyways. I don't know. When you think of. So about... obviously horribly offensive. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> and like like for no other regard whether nothing is being accomplished but trying to lose your job and that i don't know yeah. that's awful yeah i'm sorry that Hallie. could have been our white mediocrity of the week too that guy <laughs> obviously was very good yeah his job 
Oh, <laughs> oh, and then you got, we saw this video. The other you day. might, this week in racism, uh, salutes to Mike because mm-hmm. he sent us a story uh, on our group text the other day. This uh, army veteran in his, in his like army clothes was driving home from the base to work to home and like had a new car and like he didn't have the license plates, but he had like the temporary plates, which you can see in one of the police videos. They like pulled him over and then. He was like, why, you know, he pulled into like a gas station that was well lit, uh, puts his hand out of the car, like, you know, puts his hands out and they immediately like grab their guns and start yelling at him to get out of the car. And he's like, why are you pulling uh, And he's like, officers, please, can you tell me what's going on? Um, he's like, I'm afraid to get out of the car. You have your guns out. Why do you have your guns out? I don't want to get out of the car. And they, like, yell at him, and then eventually, like, one of them goes and pepper sprays him. They drag him out of the car and, like, beat him up, and, like, they can see he's in uniform and everything. And then they, like, they go through this whole thing. You can watch the video. And then, like, afterwards, they're like, hey, like, I don't want you to get in trouble with the military. So if you're cool about this, uh, we'll just let you go. And he was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like, don't, like, you know, if you just let this go, be cool about this. And uh, we'll just let you go. So he was like, okay, let him go. But then now he's like hired lawyers suing them because they detained him and anything. They didn't have any reason to pull him over in the first place because he was like following the law and had like the, the temporary tags displayed. And they pepper sprayed him, dragged him in the car, beat him up. Like he was like, my dog's choking from the pepper spray. Like, tell me what's going on, please. And he, like, starts crying when they, like, throw him on the ground and handcuff him. And he's in his, like, armor uniform. He's like, I'm I'm serving my country and this is the way I'm getting treated. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And it's just, the cop, like, literally goes from zero to 100 as soon as he pulls over. Like, it took, like, a minute and 14 seconds from, like, the time they turned the lights on for him to pull over and they have their guns out in a minute and, like, 14 seconds. And they didn't explain anything to him. Nothing. All. They just like get out of the car. You're not complying, and they just kept yelling, "Not you're not complying." Listen, get out, like, get out of the car. And he's like, "Tell me what's going on. Like I'm, a, I'm scared to get out. You ha- why do you have your guns out? Like you can see because he, he had his hand. He has his hands out the window. And he's like, "Why do you have your guns out? Like tell Dude. me what's going on." And even as he's getting pepper sprayed, he leaves his hands out. You know, like think. And of when he-, he after he's pepper sprayed. And they tell him to get out of the car. He like he like calmly tells them, "I'm going for my seatbelt, like to like unhook my mm. seatbelt so I can get out of the car." And then they grab him and throw him to the ground. Such a wild, crazy thing. Just in the, we know all this because they had. I hope he's pressing charges. I mean, oh, he's yeah, he's suing the, trauma, the police dude, department. That's trauma. That is hard trauma that that he's going to have. Like that's hard. Just driving therapy, home from work, dude. Mm-hmm. That's the most. Just driving home from work. Be cool about it. And we won't get you. And they're they're trying to like leverage, saying that there's a chance that if if this goes to court, that we could maybe win, and then that might get you in trouble with the military. So, yeah. but like they're like asking you like, hey, please don't do the right thing and protect yourself in any kind of way because we know we're in the wrong. But and we the dash might... cam like this happened in December, and like they just released the dash cam because he filed the lawsuit uh, like last like two weeks ago. So like they didn't they haven't made a statement about this. It's been four months in the police department. So like, and like the police reports have been filed. So they went back and looked at the police reports and they lied in the police reports about the, the reason for the stop and everything. And then when you look at the dash, the, the footage on their, on their, uh, 
Not that, what do they call it, the ones they wear? Body, body cam, cam footage mm-hmm. and the dash footage doesn't match up what they put in the police reports. I'm like, how fucking stupid are these fucking cops? No, it, it's funny with, like, the power trip and stuff like that. On the Winter, on the Winter Soldier Falcon show, they talk about that. Like, anybody, like, who gets this certain level of power... They just feel this like supremacy kind of thing against other people, and like I feel this is what's happening to all the cops. Sure, they just need to go to a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be a server. Just get, a, get a server. Right yeah, there. you want to serve the I people. Know. I mean, I'm I'm glad that that he's all right because mm-hmm. that you know yeah, so many aren't so lucky to just be pepper sprayed, and that is really mm-hmm. horrible. That that is a statement that is kind of normal to say in that yeah. situation. This mm-hmm. is. Never be cool ending. about this, dog. Be cool. Never ending. Be cool about this. Mm-hmm. Like what? Well, I mean, if he's pressing charges, that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, Fuck uh, those guys. Yeah. yeah. Dre got something to say. I said that. That, <laughs> that was my response to the <clears throat> text message. But anyway, before we go, we got some events to plug. Um, next weekend, uh, through Tristan, Caesar, and I will be working with. Uh, Fumer and Greenleaf Dispensary. We will be DJing their 420 party. Mm -hmm. It is next Saturday, uh, April 17th from noon until about uh, 4.15 ish, 4.30. (laughs) Sometime around in in between there. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so come check us out. You said obviously there'll be music. You said you have some raffles and And a food truck. A food truck. Yeah, so we got deals from Fumer, um, also City Trees. So Fumer, we make, you know, all sorts of stuff, joints, moon rocks, edibles. City Trees has tinctures, cartridges, things along those lines. They have specials, Mojave, flower if you're a flower person. So all sorts of deals. Like you said, raffles. We have a really cool s'more truck called Smorgasm coming out. I can't wait to turn um, that. Mm-hmm. Be giving away food for sure. Uh, we'll have a prize bag. So like if you buy a product from each of the three, City Trees, us, and Mojave, then you'll get a raffle ticket entered into a prize box, which is full of pretty much the limited amount of weed you can buy legally at a store right um a good amount of stuff for a 420 box for you um just just a fun time like trying to throw an event where you stop in there'll be music hanging out while you're there but it's kind of you know get your stuff get all your goodies get your s'mores get your your Mm -hmm. 420 pack and then at 420 we're all wrapping up you know, announce the winner of the prize box, and then of course enjoy your 420 after yeah. four. We don't expect people to be hanging out in public or super productive after 4:20 p.m. on 4:20. So. <laughs> so yeah, make sure to check that out come and on uh, come say hi. Yeah. Uh, also going on uh, right now, Holland has their girls' rock camp signups are going on. The camp runs July 19th through the 24th, and uh, you can find that at hollandproject.org or hollandreno.org uh, for more information about that. And then Friday, April 30th, salutes to Bamboo, a.k.a. Rob, who's bringing back Fresh Friday. Yeah, get Fresh Friday. It'll be at the Alpine, like Sean said, on the 30th, 10 o'clock. There will be uh, musical performances. The homie Chris Maselli will be performing that night as well. I will be roaming around taking pictures, and it's going to be a good time. Make sure you dress fresh. Put some dope sneakers on. Maybe some K-Swisses. Yeah, I wear my case with. There you go. And then uh, also, is this a is this a public event? I thought this thing was kind of invite only. No, it's public now. Okay, we had a little conversation, but the same day on Saturday the seventeenth, Jarek's album release party at Masterpiece Studio, and that's in the Arlington Towers, and it is I believe at six, seven, six or seven, and because I know it's after after we're done DJing. 
and Jerick, the homie Jerick came out with a little R&B album. I'm excited. I've, if you follow him, he you know puts little samples of the album coming out, and it's it's good. I'm excited. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, Tristan, we thank you again for for joining us. Yes. And uh, we look forward to working t- with you. Uh, before we go, we always ask our guests one last question. And for you, it's what is the biggest misconception that people have about the cannabis industry in general? Huh. <laughs> I think the biggest misconception from the outside looking at everybody in on the inside is that we're just rolling in dough, that we're making tons and tons of money, and that we're like living pretty. I hear that a lot from people that aren't in the industry. They hmm. always say, that's like one of the first things out of their mouth is like, oh, you good money. And I'm like, where is this rumor coming from? Because <laughs> they think we don't, you think that like we have any sort of protect, what do you think about like federal things or the mm-hmm. things that protect jobs and workers' rights? So there's nobody protecting these workers, making sure that they have insurance. Mm-hmm. There's nobody protecting these workers to make sure they're getting paid a certain amount. And if there's things that go wrong at work, there's nobody protecting these people. Nobody, yeah. there's no unions, there's no any of that. So these so like i hear like oh wow cannabis industry money right and i was like yeah if you own a business <laughs> but for most people it's not rolling in the dough the the general wage for a starting employee in the cannabis industry is pretty low <laughs> they think you're like a glorified drug dealer or something that's just making cash hand oh fist. yeah just living the good life yeah. how many girls do you sleep with <laughs> <laughs> how many k-swisses you got yeah how many k-swisses you got bro <laughs> and funny. starter vintage jackets mm, just the weirdest big things. dog shirts <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> I have no idea what people assume of the cannabis industry, but that's what I hear. Maybe they do. Maybe they do think that everyone just wants to be a rapper or something. I'm yeah. not sure. You got crazy Cuban link chains that you're not even showing us today. Yeah, this is the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again for joining us, man. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, guys. This is great. Yeah, and join us on, on Saturday. Yeah, come out Saturday. Hang Please out. Have a good time. Mm-hmm. Get lots of cheap weed. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, tell them, where you, you can find your guys' product and, and if they want to follow social media, all that good oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, at Fumir LV, so F-U-M-E-U-R-L-V is our Instagram. Follow us. We uh, we do do a lot of uh, Instagram-only contests. Like right now, there's a link in there. You could win a free TV. It's like a Samsung 65-inch, I believe. What? I'm about to Super click nice, on that. Super nice, yeah. Nice. Um, and all you have to do is follow us and fill it out, and we'll pick a winner, I think, on 420. We do that kind of stuff all the time. Um, yeah, I've got Splash Gummies, if you like gummies. Rockets are infused pre-rolls. If you've not had them, you should try them. They're little guys. They're really affordable, and they're definitely pack-a-punch. We make really strong stuff. <laughs> Come check us out. Fumir. Nice. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks again. Remember, uh, for all of you listeners out there, like, subscribe, leave a review for the podcast, share with a friend. The sharing is caring. Yeah. Let, let everybody know. Your mom, your cousin, your sister. Too. Follow us on Twitter at Up of the Mix One. Subscribe on YouTube. And uh, remember, every Friday night from 9 to 11, Caesar and I have Up of the Mix Radio where we play nothing but the best in hip-hop. Definitely. And yeah, so great episode. Salute to uh, DMX. Right. Until till next time, this is Sean. Say peace. This is Della Photo. Respect each other and stay hydrated. It's getting hot out there. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Adios.